Okay. Seltzer. She, Seltzer on draft? She said, it tastes like a black cherry soda. <laughs> what she, is and Seltzer I'm like, on draft? If, if, I'm like, is it sweet? And she's like, yeah, it's it, it literally is like a black cherry soda. I'm like, all right, I'll try one. Well, it's uh, nothing like a black cherry soda. It's nothing like a black cherry soda. It's like drinking soda water with a hint of cherry, which is exactly what it's this what fucking yeah. thing is. Spiked sparkling water with a hint of mango. <sighs> so, yeah. Fuck you, Lamplight Lounge. What was the sparkling... <laughs> what was the sparkling... <clears throat> water? Sparkling water before uh, before White Claw. I, I, I tend oh, to think of... Perrier? Uh, that lemonade... That lemon shit. What was it? Uh, Mike's Hard Lemonade? Yeah, Mike's Hard Lemonade. What is that? But that's still around. Yeah. As is the Lipton Hard Lemonade. Hey, those, those spiked iced teas, those are pretty good. Yeah, it tastes like the brisk iced tea, but with booze. Yeah, I had those what at was, Andy's thing, and it was they were good. What you, was the two guys that had the uh, Bartles, was it Bartles, James, Bartles and James, James wine crew? Oh, coolers. dude, the girls. I'm at Bartles. Actual <laughs> white wine. They still make them and still use yeah. actual white wine. Yep. From uh, although from, it's it's uh, not. From a vineyard in Minnesota, I believe. What the fuck? <laughs> no, whenever the girls would come over, we'd be like, oh, girls are coming over. We gotta At get least some wine it's coolers. not. Yeah. Seagrams. Golden, Golden wine, wine cooler. Coolers. It's wet and it's dry. We already did this. My, 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 my. <laughs> oh. You can get I brought these. it back. It's called a callback, day, damn it. Is, is no, it? apparently no. not. No more callbacks. Wow. Is that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is revolting. It's pretty god awful. There was another thing they were drinking called Two Chicks. That's what it's called because it's made by Two Chicks, and it's got like vodka and elderflower and. But that pear. sounds better. No, it's it's better because they were popular on the bus ride. But Two Chicks, they always two are. Chicks are yeah. I get the I joke out now. <laughs> That's what she said. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> You can get decent canned cocktails out there. There's yes. plenty of independent companies making great ones. Like you know, actual cocktails now. It's not like cheapo malt liquor with flavoring in it. It's like actual vodka and soda or vodka tonic. It's actual uh, Jack and Coke. I mean, it. they have really stepped up their game in that respect. But can you get a Zima Colada in a can? Oh, <laughs> see, now that's a callback. That's a callback. <laughs> if you like Zima Coladas, hey, I can a white claw. Shake it up. Yeah, there's, there's one. Shake it up. There's welcome to Geek Shock number seven hundred eleven. I am Rupert Holmes. Eighties <laughs> Jeff. Empowered K. I'm getting white girl drunk <laughs> with <laughs> Professor Big. And we're doing bad choices. Um, uh, I, I went to a wedding this weekend and I ended up. Well, that with was your like, first mistake. Yeah, I ended up with uh, half a cooler of White Claw in my house. This is like the most revolting shit ever. So I figured I'd bring some over. And Asshole. We could, and we could experience our, uh, our feminine side. Yeah. <laughs> now, not to say that all women drink White Claw. Just, just the white ones. ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just both those jokes were very good. <laughs> <laughs> 
What are the basic bitches drinking? White claw. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Courtney, but honey, with the white claw, really? This is really horrible, guys. I just want it's to say bad. It's bad. Like it's super awful. It's like I'd rather go back to the fish jerky. Is that's <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow. If I drank this to get the fish jerky out of my mouth, I'd need to get like a Coke to get the, this uh, to get that out of my. It's just terrible. Now, 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 now. What about fish jerky white claw? <laughs> Pork. Actually, it probably wouldn't be that bad because it would be just a hint of the, the fish jerky flavor. <laughs> I mean, like, oh, it's soda water. What's that weird taste on the back? What's that? What's that smoky kind of? It's, uh... Yeah, it would, it would it literally it would just be like a hint of smoke flavor on the on the tail end, and you're like, huh? Barbecue flavored seltzer. <laughs> and if you're not a Kofi member, and it sounds like this is something you should support, go to ko-fi.com/geekshock and smack yourself the head with cash. We need a white claw to really level. I don't right. want to keep drinking. That's this. the problem with Geek Shock. Nobody has beaten the sense of into us. <laughs> with a big bag of cash. <laughs> we need, true. That's it. We need a... If you'd big, like to give us a big bag of cash not to drink shit like this, <laughs> and, we will gladly accept it. We will gladly accept it being slapped upside our heads. <laughs> as long as it's not coins. No, no. Oh, yeah. yeah God. Yeah. Folding is, money. Is only. there anything we could do? <laughs> we would be quite concussed. <laughs> Send us cash so we won't blank. <laughs> Record? So <laughs> Yikes. So it's like a threat then. It's like, yeah. unless you send us cash, we're going to keep recording these. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, so aside from making this horrible decision, what geeky things did you do this week? Uh, let's start with you, Vlark. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I had to attend a wedding, and a wedding is like a whole, a whole experience. Um, a friend of ours got married, uh, went out to Nelson. Uh, which is it, Nelson? Fan, that's isn't that the fans of Fallout New Vegas will know Nelson. That's the place with the uh, the mine, right? And the Legion, the, the old gold mine. Yeah, it's, it's like what halfway between here and Prump or something like that. No, the other way. Uh, other yeah, way. When, uh, towards Searchlight and oh, okay, towards Searchlight. Okay. It's in literally in the middle of freaking nowhere. Um, dilapidated old buildings. I mean, it's kitsch. You know, it's a nice, it, it looks really nice for a wedding. When you said when, Fallout New Vegas, I was thinking of that bar that's like literally. Good Springs? Yeah. It's 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 in the middle of nowhere. You turn a corner and it's like, oh, it's right fucking here. Yeah. <laughs> Doug yeah. used to work there. Yeah, yes, Nelson, he did. Uh, when uh, Captain Luddite did his, made his movie. Yes. Uh, we, we recorded in Nelson. For some oh. It's a good location. It's very picturesque. They've recorded They've filmed quite a few things out but there. But what sucks is when you have the wedding at, like, just about dusk because oh, you want no. the good colors, it gets cold in the desert. Yeah. It does. And there's Especially nothing there. Especially this time of year. Well, we, we got a cold snap. You, yeah. This was perfectly timed. And then the, the little chapel has windows, but there's no glass in them, you know? And so everyone <laughs> got all pretty and dolled up for a wedding, and then they got to wear jackets because it's freezing. Yep. So, uh... Uh, Whose decision was it to do a wedding in Nelson? Dude, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it was nice, and then I got to eat some good food and drink some good drinks this weekend, so that was fun. But I really geeky. <clears throat> I only got to do two things. One, I got to the to Pinball uh, Hall of Fame out here in Las Vegas, which mm -hmm. I don't often get to. I got to tell you, I'm not, I'm not too pleased these days. Half the machines were shut down, and the ones that weren't, the flippers didn't work quite right. Um, 
I don't know what's going on. It's man. in a large state of disrepair right now. Yeah. I, I I love the place, but dude, what the hell? I I mean, this is all speculation on my part, but it, it feels like since they got the new location, it's gotten more traffic in than the place can handle. Mm. That the machines are getting played a lot more than they used to. Yeah. So they're breaking it down a lot more often. And they're still the same one, two guys that are fixing everything. Yeah, yeah there's not more machine well there's a, a couple new things with the stern thing where they have like all the the, the venom machines and the, and the foo fighters and whatnot and i like the thing that saves your progress sure that's that's fun that's a stern thing but you could have a stern arcade and not have the rest yeah you could and that stern thing that connects with their app yeah uh, that works for every Stern machine everywhere now in the country, all the new ones anyway. Yeah. So you don't have to have the the really fancy Stern area that the uh, place has. But, I mean, it's nice because it has TV screens with, like, the high scores of the area and so on. It's, yeah. you know, it's, so it's a little more community. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but unfortunately, it's the Stern machines that are working. Yeah. yeah. And that's about it. And they're all dollar. So you got to be good at them, which, fortunately, I am. But still. Uh, what I was very disappointed in is uh, the um, uh, choice of madness. beverages. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <clears throat> yeah, choice of beverages. Medieval <laughs> Madness machine. The right flipper is a little wonky. Oh, it's like uh. one of my favorite machines. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> anyway, the only other geeky thing I got to do, and I only got to do it for a little bit, uh, and a little bit today, was play Lamplighters League. Have you heard of this? <laughs> I I might have heard of it, but tell me about it. Lamplighters League is a turn-based tactics video game developed by uh, Harebrain Schemes and Paradox Interactive. It was released for Windows and Xbox and Xbox Series XS in October. Uh, apparently, it's got positive to mixed reviews and was a commercial disappointment, but it doesn't need to be a commercial windfall when you're just going to get it on Game Pass anyway. You know, you're, I'm not going to buy it. I'm going to do it on Game Pass. Um, it's like an alternate version of 1930s. You have to assemble a team of criminals and ne'er-do-wells to stop an ancient cult. It's basically XCOM. Oh. Yeah. I like XCOM. I mean, yeah, there's Set some twists the on XCOM. It's set in the 30s. So you got, like, the spy <laughs> and the bruiser and the the sniper and what are the saboteur and you, you go through the map and you kill cult guys and you collect things and then there's a little economy you got to build stuff and power up your guys and do more stuff it's it's an XCOM if you like XCOM you're gonna like Lamplighters League noted yeah give it a shot it's very stylized it's fun I can get behind this uh, 30s agents and gumshoes going after cultists yeah it's my bag, baby. Yeah. yeah. That sounds that sounds groovy. And it, you, you take a mission that fights one of the three enemy cults, then the other two get a little stronger. I just want to point out right now that as interesting as Lamplighter's League sounds, yes. Jeff is not having it because he's finding more interesting things on his white claw can. <laughs> <laughs> he is sitting over there for the last five minutes reading the white claw can. Jeff, what is not so fascinating? five minutes. I just literally <laughs> was looking at the label. Oh, and do tell. Yes, do uh, tell. I was actually curious to see if there's any sugar in it because it is so goddamn flat flavored. Two uh, grams of sugars. Yeah, it's got cane sugar in it, but it's towards the end of the ingredient list, which means there's barely any in there. Uh, well, then that's a lie because on the thing here, it said it's uh, only the finest flavors. <laughs> 
thing. The whole lie. can uh, is a lie. Yeah, I know. The cake yeah. is a lie, and so is the can. <laughs> love it, love it. Two carbs. Two grams of carbs. I love this. It says, made pure with an asterisk. <laughs> well, then it's not fucking pure now, is it? Yeah, it yeah. says, purifi like, purified carbonated water is the first ingredient. Made pure. But I don't see where the asterisks e explain What it leads to? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's one of those asterisks you have to follow online. I guess... Pure bullshit. Fucking. I got the mango flavor. It's terrible. Oh, oh, go ahead. Tell me the flavors. Fucking. Jeff, what'd you pick? Uh, black cherry. Steve? Blackberry. Ramalam. Oh, 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 blackberry. Ramalam. Okay. <laughs> Very nice. Watermelon. Jeez. Oh, gross. And, and I have tangerine. We all have different flavors, and nobody's is good. No, yeah. I I, I can smell your tangerine there in the in the can. It smells very. I can smell your a, tangerine. Oh, this tastes vaguely like some sort of vine fruit. It's like somebody <laughs> wafted a black cherry over the top of it. It's like, yeah. it's like hmm. It's just yeah, a this hint. Is, as I mentioned earlier, this would be another instance if I had the raspberry. I'd go. Oh, what is that red thing I put in my mouth? <laughs> so they got this twenty-four pack. And I was staring at it, and I'm like, I know I'm gonna end up with this shit. Sure enough, it's in my uh, it's in my cooler in my hallway. And well, Barry, why would you let them buy something so revolting? Let them, let them. Oh, I had no okay. business in this. I was not sticking my my nose into the into their wedding plans. Barry, that's not you. Maybe you. I can easily see you going. All right, you want to buy that shit? Your funeral. I think I did. Okay, but that's as far as I was willing to go with that. Because we know, like, no, Barry, it's a way. we know from Check experience when somebody makes a bad decision, <laughs> you will give them endless shit about how bad their bad decision is. While this is true, you I didn't do that this time. Let this shit go. You let it Jeff, play there out. There were other bad decisions being made that day. <laughs> I'll bet he had to prioritize. I mean, yeah. it is Nelson. Yeah, but did they play Love and Affection while they were there? No, there there wasn't music for the oh. wedding because it's. I got it. That Jeff, seemed like a missed it. opportunity right there. Jeff, I appreciated that joke. <laughs> <laughs> and then he All drinks. Right. <laughs> I appreciate you appreciating that joke. I'm gonna finish this white claw. I, I started. Oh, oh, I, yeah. I oh, did. I finished mine. Oh, good. You want to finish mine too? Feel free. I, I uh, <laughs> I've been turning away from the microphone to uh, get rid of my. Wait a minute. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five. What's this? There's another one in oh, there. Oh yeah, yes, the there peach. Is. Yeah. Peach. Peach. You're taking the peach home. Peaches, 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 Dude, you're taking the peach on this one. That's all I did. Steve, let's move to you. What'd you do this week? You always get me when my phone shuts off. Well, you shouldn't need it. Oh, wait, wait, hold on, wait. So, one thing that we didn't talk about last week is... You know, it's creepy season. Sure. And, uh, you know, we've, we've been watching some pretty, you know, actual horror movie horror movies. Uh, but I just Ooh. I just got got a, you know, hair in my... I don't know. Tell I don't, me. I don't know what you got your hair in. <laughs> Keep saying you know. I don't know. <laughs> you do know. No, you don't. No, I don't. Uh, Costello meet Frankenstein. Oh, God. God. <laughs> nice. That was fun. It is fun. Yeah. Even all these years later, and the fact that most of the jokes are way, way out of date, it's still a fun movie. Yeah. When was that put out? 1940... <laughs> Something. Late 40s, right? Yeah. Your moment. Yeah. Ding. Post... Uh, <laughs> the original Dark Universe. <laughs> yeah. 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 Back when Universal actually had a Dark Universe. Yeah. Um, 
1948. Well, what, I thought, what I thought was hilarious, though, in the music score, you actually get some womp wahs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's if you've never seen it, it is it is not it it actually is not as bad as uh you know um conventional wisdom makes it out to be right <clears throat> right and there is actually a little bit of a story there yeah and uh Bela Lugosi has it has been pointed out Bela Lugosi's only played Dracula on screen twice one in Dracula and once in Abba Costello meet Frankenstein mm-hmm. he's actually really pretty good in it he yeah he um and actually the director we looked it up on you know wikipedia on afterwards and the director says actually lon cheney bill lugosi glenn strange the monsters were were fun ab and costello were the real monsters <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah they were because their relationship was already rocky at the time and like they costello actually hired a clown to come in and 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 create bloopers to keep things light, to keep things... Which is funny, because apparently everybody appreciated that, except Bela Lugosi. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Yeah, he... Uh... So you're saying that Bela Lugosi is not Dracula in Plan 9 from Outer Space, or he's just not officially... He's a vampire. He's a vampire, but he's not officially he's a, Dracula. He's an undead. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, he's played, he's played a vampire, more than, vampire generic... Then he's played Dracula. Yeah. Gotcha. And it, we actually then went down the rabbit hole because YouTube, of course, YouTube's yeah. got it. Bloopers oh. from Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. And that's where we ran into the clown. Well, yeah, yeah, you saw some of those, but the really funny one is uh, for anyone who may have seen it, they might remember the scene where Costello is like in lost in this dungeon and he's like looking around and he doesn't notice Frankenstein's monster just sitting on a chair. Just sitting there like asleep, just sitting, because he's in this hypnotic state. And so Lou is like looking around, and he sits down on Frankenstein's lap, and then he does this thing where he puts his hand next to his, and he's like looking at two. He does this whole shtick. Well, he's improvising, and he's figuring out what to do, right? And so there's this one great scene where this one great gag reel where he he's doing all this and then suddenly Frankenstein's monster goes <laughs> I'm sorry I just can't and it's really weird to see Frankenstein's monster lose it like that yeah it was actually pretty funny monster being played by Glenn Strange who basically played it for like the last three movies uh, House of Frankenstein House of Dracula and Abbott Costello meet right Frankenstein yeah so. And who also uh, apparently makes a, a mean whiskey sour because, uh, yeah, he played so, the he played the bartender in Gunsmoke for five hundred oh, okay. years. Yeah. <laughs> so, what is Evan Costello meet Frankenstein all about? Um, and, and for the children, right there and in for, the title, and for, and for, yeah, sure. But <laughs> for the middle-aged at home, right? So that we have some younger <laughs> listeners who don't know who Evan Costello so, are. Oh, oh okay. My God. All right, fuck. We got some listeners who don't know who Frankenstein is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Abbott and Costello were a comedy team from the from the basically the forties and fifties, um, and uh, their most famous uh, bit is "Who's on first? Uh, and they had done a string of movies for Paramount. I want to say Paramount did not renew their contract, so they moved over to Universal, and um, 
and they're basically playing you know look, abbott's usually the straight guy costello's the you know the wacky comedy relief he's the he's the jack black slash josh gad oh. of his era wow yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> um wow. and apparently but apparently not a nice person in real life Really? As opposed to those two guys are apparently very nice in real life. You know, I I get them and Laurel and Hardy sometimes confused because it's like a it's a it's a comedy team. I again, it's just shit. Look at the face you're giving me. You're so just <laughs> disgusted. <sighs> you know, these kids today. You know what's really funny? Because um, Laurel and Hardy are the opposite. Yeah. Hardy's the straight man, and Skinny Stan Laurel is probably the yeah. uh, the comic guy. One of the interesting things I read up when I was looking around at stuff, in vaudeville, they started in vaudeville. In vaudeville, Bud Abbott got more money because apparently in old ye old oldie theater, the straight man uh, was considered the important part of the comedy duo. Weird. In- interesting. Yeah. And then when they moved to radio and then to television and movies, uh... Uh, because Costello was like a, a bigger star, essentially, he started getting more. So they started in vaudeville doing 60-40 in favor of Abbott. And then they moved into pictures and started doing 50-50 until Costello developed, de- demanded 60-40 for him. And that's eventually where it turned. And then all sorts of stuff happened and things soured between them. As opposed to Laurel and Hardy where Stan Laurel was actually so heartbroken about uh, Oliver Hardy's death, he couldn't go to the funeral because he just was so heartbroken. Yeah. It wasn't like he boycotted it. He literally just couldn't bring himself to go. Yeah. And yeah, and the, the movie itself is there's a guy that's bought... It, it actually is on the continuum of all of Universal's... Yeah. Most, it is the last of the... Of the Frankenstein cycle of uh, of movies, uh, so it's canon. It, it, it is. is technically canon. It is technically yeah. canon. It, it is it a is universal joint. Yeah. Yes, yes, it is. And Lon Chaney Jr. is playing the Wolfman, and, as yeah. always. Oh man, man, yeah. oh man. Yeah, he that he guy. glommed onto that in, uh, to the point where he was going to play the Frankenstein monster again in. Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, and, and there, he was like, "Well, how's that going to work? Because I'm going to be the Wolfman." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, um, Dracula wants to enslave the Frankenstein's monster, but he wants a functioning brain that is still subject to overwhelming willpower. And so, some evil seduct- seductress has uh, found the perfect brain for him. Costello, of course. <laughs> yeah. So, so the whole plot is to put Lou's brain into Frankenstein's body. Yeah. This is important, so the kids know. <clears throat> Laurel and Hardy were from the late silent era in the 1930s, and uh, Abbott and Costello were from the 40s and early 50s. Um, I think their first movie was 1941, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Abbott and Costello. So don't get on me about confusing the two. I will. Cause what do you mean? You just different. said one of them is a whole decade earlier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and very different personality types. Yeah. And Laurel is from Britain. There's two guys, right? Yeah, it's the same. <laughs> right? I get, I get Belushi mixed up with Hartman all the time. <laughs> right? <laughs> I get Jack Black mixed up with Josh Gad all the time. Well, they're the same person. Just <laughs> How dare you? Uh, yeah. it, it's the, uh, How dare you? what is it, the duplicity thing or the... the um, 
the Michael Keaton movie where he keeps cloning himself. Multiplicity. 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 Uh, oh, Josh Gad is a clone, is of, a clone, clone of, of Jack Black. Jack Black. Catch my pee pee thief. <laughs> Who's a clone of uh, Lou Costello. Lou Costello. Um. <laughs> yeah. Todd's sitting here pondering the truth of uh, yeah. the profound truth. It anyway. tracks. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> Somebody's phone shut off. Yeah, <laughs> yep. and now it's there. We go. See everything. Everything you, you really like... need to set up the fingerprint sensor there, man. It's so much faster. Or, or you could extend your screen time. I'm everything to prior to like the '60s, I just get all mooshed in my head. Well, that's okay. Well, that, that's on you. It's like it's like Vernon. It, everything after the '87 it's gets garbage, mooshed right? in his head. Yeah. 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 <laughs> No, he liked a few things from 89 era. But nope. That was about it. That was about the limit of his. Jeff sticking up for Vernon. If only he could see it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he wouldn't believe it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, the reading continues. Uh, this week I finished up Doc Savage, Skull Island by Will Murray, which mashes up the first me- uh, the meeting of pulp hero Doc Savage with King Kong prior to the events of the movie. Interesting little uh, uh, side note, both Doc Savage and the original 1933 version of King Kong premiered the same year, 1933. They said that was an interesting side note. What? (laughs) Okay. Right. Way to pander to the youth crowd. Hey, Todd. you bring it here, you get what you, you get. Punk ass bitch. <laughs> Senior moment. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's fun. I am yes, I am a huge fan of pulp heroes like Doc Savage and the Shadow, and also the original King Kong. So when I saw that title in the, um, you know, on Amazon or wherever I saw it, I was like. <laughs> Ding. Got to get that. And it's good. Will Murray has been continuing the series. Uh, Bantam Books finished publishing all the reprints of the Doc Savage Pulps in the late 80s, early 90s. And then Will Murray is an author who's continued the series. Well, he needs the work. No one will put him in the movies anymore. Not Bill Murray. Oh. And then I went and saw... Uh, flashback cinema. Imagine uh, that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the jokes write themselves. <laughs> Beetlejuice. Yes. Oh. Okay. Um, which uh, you now, know. Now, you guys, Beetlejuice is this movie with Michael Keaton. <laughs> Beetlejuice. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I hear yeah. they're working on a sequel. <laughs> yeah. I hear that too. Anyway. Um, yeah. I, it's. I hadn't seen it on the big screen since it you know came out originally. Um, it it holds up a, and as I was watching, I was like, "This is probably the most Tim Burton movie Tim Burton ever made." I can't nod my head hard enough. Yeah, it, I agree. It, it was like he got a budget, and he was able to get the props and set people on board with his designs, and it is it is Tim Burton through and through. Um, maybe Edward Scissorhands would come close. But this one, certainly. This is when he first was able to go, oh, I got money. I can do whatever I want. Great. Prop guys, here's the design for these sculptures. They were, okay. Um, and and it is. It, it, it holds up. If you've never seen it, well, first of all, as you will know, I will recommend seeing it on the big screen as movies are meant to be seen. 
Uh, it, it is truly a unique movie. <clears throat> yeah. You can, there's very few movies out there you can say that there's nothing like this. Mm-hmm. That's one of them. Yeah. That one, Edward, Edward Scissorhands. Both of them are, there is nothing like, Edward Scissorhands, you can make the argument kind of close to Frankenstein. This one, no. This yes. is its own goddamn thing. I also love how they try to define it as a horror comedy, and it's really not. It's really not. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely comedy. It's definitely dark. I, I would even say very, very dark humor. But I don't get the horror elements other than it's supposed to be. Eh, there's some, some startling some, moments in uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of it is definitely designed to be scary, but I yeah. didn't find it scary. So. Yeah. No, but just well, because no. you didn't find it scary doesn't mean it's not well, horror. Yeah. I guess. It's not. Yeah. No. It's because not the character. Horror. No, it is. It's comedy horror. What part you, of it is horror? You have a woman who was cut in half in the waiting room, so there's a corpse whose torso is sitting on one half of the couch and her legs are sitting on the other. It's still in the realm You've of dark got, comedy. <laughs> It's All right, not, but it doesn't make. You've it got horror. the entire dead team of football players. Yeah, I got the entire dead team of football you players. Got the, you got a really creepy snake version of Beetlejuice toward the end. Just because you got the sandworms. Got, just that's because true. it's got with the two mouths. Dead people doesn't mean it's horror. What makes a film horror? Well, it's horror comedy. It's got horror imagery, but it's funny. Okay, so what gives a film? I'm asking. I'm saying, what gives the film that he, horror thing? Not the just, comedy. Not the comedy. Like you say, okay, here's a film. What makes it horror? What puts it in that category? Okay, in a serious film, if you saw a, a ghost who was cut in half, and her torso was talking over here, and her legs were kicking your ass over here, and it was played for serious, that would be horrific. Mm. If you saw a reanimated corpse of a guy whose head had been hunted and who had a regular sized body, but the shrunken head, and it was played for serious, that would be horrifying. If you had sandworms with two mouths chasing after you on some weird planet. Dune. Yeah, that would be hor- horrific. Dune's not a horror movie. I mean, if you it's saw- already horrific, Alec Baldwin playing a nerd. So, I mean, there's that. <laughs> It, it, I still, it, I still the first time, the first couple times I saw that, it just, it could, it would not sink into my brain that that was Alec Baldwin. Yeah. I'm like, it clearly well, is, as, as, but he doesn't look like him. As someone who was around back then, who, I mean, this was one of Alec Baldwin's first movies. Right, right, right. So he, he's definitely in like the, the just getting started in his career phase. When the rumors came out about the casting of of Batman, and they said, "Oh, it'll, it'll, Batman will probably be played by somebody from Beetlejuice," everyone's like, "That Alec Baldwin guy." <laughs> <laughs> and when Gina Davis, as yeah. always, woof. Comedy that uses horror tropes is comedy horror. Abbott yeah. Costello meets Frankenstein. Yeah, it's comedy. Yeah. Is technically horror comedy. Yeah, because yeah. the the Frankenstein and Wolfman scenes in that are basically played straight. Yeah. They're played with classic universal horror. I mean, Frankenstein's monster throws a woman out of a skylight. Yeah. <laughs> Transylvania 65000. It's horrible, but it's horror comedy. Yeah. It's it's such a though? terrible film. <laughs> yeah, really. It's horrible. Nothing but trouble. That's it's d- horror comedy, even though it's not funny. No, it's horrible comedy. <laughs> <laughs> so Transylvania 65000, oh, uh, that was a movie I said, the only thing good that came out of me watching this is from now on, any any review I can do is like, oh, this movie's really bad. Not as bad as Transylvania 65000, but it's really bad. <laughs> oh, I was... I- when you said came out of you, I thought this was going to go in a totally different direction. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, nowadays, even Gina Davis couldn't save that. I mean, even technically, like Once Bitten is a horror comedy. Yep. Even though it's definitely more comedy throughout. Yep. Um, uh, was it we Lauren Hutton, it. right? That's in that. Yep. Uh, yeah. Would she play there? There are a couple scenes though where she's playing the seductive vampire, where that's you're like, that's really fucking creepy. So. And then anyway, I'm getting off topic. Yeah. The other thing. Now yeah, you're spot on topic there. John. The other thing that I did. All by myself. Here we go. Uh, we don't want to know about that, Steve. Oh, okay. Then the other thing I did all, all by myself. I have been going down a YouTube rabbit hole of uh, people doing either retrospectives or or unboxing recreations of the old Aurora Monster oh, model kits. That's fun. Yeah. It's, it's tons of fun. And that... You know, you have your uh, closet of unbuilt models. Yes. Yeah, I have that. Steve has a storage unit. I have a storage unit full of unbuilt recreations of Aurora models. I can appreciate that <laughs> so much. Uh, yeah. And uh, if you're not familiar, Aurora was the first company to release the Universal Horror Monsters as model kits. Yeah. Yeah, and it. Uh, I one of the things I I watched was a uh, sort of a history of Aurora, and that really put them on the map. I mean, they had they had been doing their usual model planes, they toyed with model cars. They even <laughs> their their first big seller was uh, was a model of the uh, of the USS Nautilus nuclear oh. nuclear submarine, and the guy and the things that and that stayed in their catalog until they went out of business in 1977 but that that came out like in the mid 50s <laughs> but yeah the 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 monster the monster kits really and they said when they showed off their first one which was the frankenstein one at like a a toy fair or, or something like that everyone's like <laughs> who's gonna buy this no grown-up is gonna buy this but then the last day uh, was you know bring your family to the thing thing and all the kids were like Frankenstein wah and they said that's why their earlier figures of like the the you know White Knight and stuff didn't sell was because they were they were trying to make they were trying to make toys that that they would like and weren't looking at you know what are the kids today interested in. And then that, yeah, so that really put them on the map. But they were the number two model, no, number two game company when they moved into games. They were the number two game company behind Milton Bradley. What what are they known for game-wise, do you know? Skittleball was like okay. the one that I was familiar with, but they had a bunch of others that they basically bought from other companies that went out of business, and they just kind What's of What's Skittleball? Hmm. Skittleball. <laughs> I love the hmm. <laughs> Like oh, here it he is. was. It was box. sold by Don Adams, and basically yeah. you had a little um, square. <laughs> well, that's you, not a ball at all. That you that you set up like like that's little. That's what made it different. That, that you basically set up little miniature bowling pins in in a bowling thing, and you had this ball that was on a on a pole, and you would try to swing the ball so it would you know you get strikes and spares and everything think think uh bowling with that uh tether ball yeah with bowling it. with tether ball <laughs> tether yeah. ball bowling wow <laughs> that just sounds the opposite of delight <laughs> <laughs> we had one and we actually played it until it broke so yeah. <laughs> anyway so that's that's what i did by myself oh jeff what'd you do this week uh 
like Steve, I went down a YouTube rabbit hole. But uh, the one that I went down was uh, a channel called The Charismatic Voice. Hmm. Uh, it's uh, founded by an opera singer uh, and vocal coach. Her name is Elizabeth Zaroff, if I'm pronouncing her name correctly. Uh, and what she does, she's not been much into more modern or popular music until recently. And she watches these uh, these artists, these videos, um, Jeff, and I then, just, just want to state for the record, mm -hmm. you and my wife are on the same rabbit hole right now. Is, is she also <laughs> watching that? Oh, yes. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, one of the ones that I found the most uh, fascinating was so, watching so, so, her reaction. So what she does, she watches yes. professional singers in like usually rock yes. era stuff. Yes, and, and then reacts to it. And yeah, reacts and but a, then, as a... But then gives a professional... As uh, a vocal coach. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, she gives a professional uh, uh, accounting of how they do what they do, and and then, at, and that's usually after her reaction. Like that's not easy to do. Blah blah blah. Um, one of the more recent ones that I found fascinating was uh, "Hearts Alone," and that point in the song that everybody's probably familiar with, where she just belts out that "alone" in the middle of the song. It caught her so off guard, and I was actually watching for her reaction to that. She actually paused it and went back a couple of times. She's like, "That is not easy to do." She's like, <laughs> "To get that much energy behind it, maintain tone, and..." have the clarity and it, it just like she's breaking down the science behind how you project a goddamn god she is ridiculously good <laughs> um but more recently she was uh looking at sticks mr roboto uh weird al yankovic's fat uh chicago's 25 or 6 to 4 and she she has a very fascinating like i'm i'm very familiar with music because i grew up around it both my parents sang my mother played the piano so you know they've both been involved in choirs and then i got into choir a little bit when i was younger and then just kind of got out of it so i'm familiar with the you know the how behind how you do certain Jeff, things you want to get the yeah. choral rendition you wanna, right now? sing nope. us a little ditty nope I want to hear uh, you sing. Give us a little old rugged cross. You know, I, Todd, as as a former singer yourself, or, well, you, you probably still sing. I don't know. I haven't lived with you in a little while now. Uh, I still sing. Do you find <laughs> that you got to do a lot more warming up now at our age? My dude, to, 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 I used to be a tenor. I'm now a baritone. I because like I was trying to sing in the car the other day, and I was just listening to my voice crack, and I'm just like, oh my god, I can't. It's a tool. You if yeah. you don't use it, you'll yeah. lose it. Well, Why but seeing, I mean, karaoke. But like after I warmed up, I was able to hit like many of the notes I used to hit. But it was just like one of those is like, wow, I never used to have to warm up to sing something. And yeah, anyway, it's, aging is fun. But uh, but no, that's that's the main thing I've been doing. They should, just she's she's really fascinating uh, talking about how uh, certain things are done and, you know, how the air goes through your nasal cavity or it's being brought up from the diaphragm and just she breaks it all down. It's just really fascinating. I, I highly recommend checking it out. I'd be curious. Um, have you are there any like Karen Carpenter? Uh, yes, uh, they did close to you just very recently. Um, she's been doing this for a couple of years now, so I haven't watched all of the videos, yeah. but there's a lot. And it's really fascinating her reactions to uh difference like you know with van halen's right now she was really impressed with sammy hagar's 
performance compared yeah. to like David Lee Roth, which is funny because it's very easy to go negative on David Lee Roth because he's not much of a vocalist and in the respect of being able to have a, a wide tone range, but she's also not very overly critical of him. Um, I believe it was hot for teacher that she, uh, <laughs> she, uh, watched that one for, uh, the David Lee Roth era, but yeah, when she was w- listening to right now, she was very impressed with, uh, with it, Sammy Hagar's vocals. But I mean, just like the, the list goes on and on. Yeah. And I'm, I've, I've only watched maybe 10, mm-hmm. 15 tops of these. And there's probably at least a hundred of these. So, Oh, great. So there's, there's a lot to watch. There's a lot of different types of music. Uh, she has been more focusing on like 70s, 80s, 90s as far as like what people suggest. And then she takes the, the requests and then goes through those. So I guess we anyway. know who her audience is. Yeah. Jeff and my wife. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Gen X people <laughs> are the ones giving the requests. Hey, so. Jeff, where, where, how do you weigh in on uh, uh, Sammy Hagar versus David Lee Roth? They're two. So... Van Halen is two completely different <laughs> bands. Okay. With each of those, with each lead singer. Um, in fact, even even Eddie Van Halen, when he was still around, said that the bands were completely different. Um, in fact, he said it was much easier to write with Sammy than it was to write with Dave, because everybody talks about how Dave is. Dave has to be the center of attention, and if he's not, he turns into a petulant child. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. and that's probably the nicest way I could put it. I've 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 watched a number of interviews of producers that worked with Van Halen over the years, and uh, and how different Dave was. Here's the here's the thing with Van Halen. God, I've read so many books on Van Halen. From yeah, everyone's got. You've probably got you've probably gotten more down the rabbit hole than it than uh, me. I sure have, and. With every singer that came through, Eddie Van Halen had more and more control over the music. Yes. And that's why when Sharon got on board, the third singer, that album was so shit because that was unfettered Eddie Van Halen with yeah. uh, with no input from anybody else because he wouldn't let anybody else have input. He was starting to write lyrics at that point. He had well, never he sure really was. read. He had never really written lyrics before that. It you was can always. Tell. And and even Sharon, to his credit, will never talk negative about Eddie. But clearly, Sharon, who is a power, very powerful lyric writer, like if you listen to even more modern extreme, he and Nuno write some amazing <laughs> lyrics. Vlarg just made the face like he just ate four lemons or, or drank one white claw. <laughs> all right. First of all, More Than Words, not one of their better songs. No. That's the song that got the most airplay. In fact, that's one of the things they were afraid of happening because that song is not representative of the rest of the types of music that are on that album. They are definitely far more hard rock. And that's why they were really upset that it got so far up the charts. This well, I don't conversation like that song. has put a hole even, in Barry's heart. I don't, I don't like <laughs> they that just, song, and I don't like the rest of their shit. They Nuno just put out an album. one of the greatest guitarists Yes, that's ever. what I'm saying. One of the Sharon sucks. Extreme no. sucks. Barry, if you don't like what you see here, get the funk out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they just put out a new album, and uh, the couple of tracks I've listened to it off are actually really good. Nice, I would listen to nice hard Benton rock. Court. I just wish Sharon weren't involved. You're not giving Sharon enough credit. No, I'm not giving her him vocals. Any <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what else did you, Jeff? 
Uh, that that's all I got actually right, right. now. That's Kay. What'd you do? Um. Hold on, I need to defend myself for a second, I realized. I was just sitting here stewing in my hatred for Extreme. I actually bought a tape of Extreme in the 80s. Which one? I Por- porno de Grahini? I don't know. And I and I, I listened to it, and I'm like, well, Nuno Betancourt is an amazing guitarist. This tape sucks. I'm giving it away. I hated it that much, and I didn't give my tapes away. And I really, I could not. It was unlistenable. I, I could play you... Songs from especially their their later albums, Jeff, and you would not know it was them until I told you. It was what them. I need you to do is put together a mixtape uh-huh. yeah. of the best songs of Extreme, so that uh. Barry can listen to and the sprinkle good... them in with other artists, no, no. so that the, no, he doesn't know what he's yeah. listening to. Give him the best of the best, and like, I want it on cassette. Like Taylor Swift, because apparently he's become a big fan oh, okay. over the weekend. Hey, shit! I, I, don't, I don't know if I like Barry enough to give him a mixtape. Oh, uh, yes, you do. They were also singing Wrecking Ball at the top of their lungs. <laughs> <laughs> right next to me. That sounds I, I just, appropriate. Oh, and then they, they, then they brought Smash Mouth was in there, too. Listen. Oh, wow. If this any, is a White Claw bus. I know some of you that were at the wedding uh, Listen to the show. If you have videotape uh, or, or or any kind of recording of of this happening, tear. Uh, please send it my way. Especially if there's any as you pass by Barry's stone dead face. Yeah, what we're gonna get is video footage of him singing along because we know how this really Barry's yeah, disapproving yeah. looks that we're all familiar with. Oh yeah, <laughs> I had to play my own music in my head. Please, please, please. Is that was, what you call uh, the voices? Yes. Was uh, um, Oh My God from uh, Legally Blonde the, one of those songs you were playing? In it your was not. <laughs> you are the worst person. <laughs> Just the worst person. Ain't I a stinky? <laughs> um, I will have you know. <laughs> so I'm sorry, Sit Kirsten, down, Kay. But this is, this is important. <laughs> you this means something? Have... <laughs> Don't you throw close encounters me, you fuck. Mean something. Uh, <laughs> you, you have an apprentice. What? That's right. We're calling her Steve Little because she eats Steve so Little. much fucking cheese. <laughs> like, I get up in the morning. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make breakfast for you guys. She's like, okay, I had four little cheese, Tillamook cheese packets already because I was hungry. I'm like, Jesus Christ, who eats that much cheese first thing in the morning? And then was I remembered, it, Steve. Was it say, the baby bell things? No, no. No. It was like the baby bells, like the little Tillamook squares. The, oh, those things. I think you just said, oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Well. Obviously, There's a shirt. Obviously, she's in cheese training. Cheese and rice. <laughs> obviously, she's in training. Uh, next time she's in town, we'll go. We'll get two eight-ounce uh, blocks of Colby Jack, and I'll show her how it's done. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. So Girls, terrible. Todd, I Steve wish you... doesn't say that about just anybody. I want you to know. <laughs> it's a date. And it's very important. Just like the Sith, there can only be two. <laughs> Todd, I, I really Master wish you could have been with us in the car when that happened, because... Barry's reaction was priceless. <laughs> he literally picks up this wrapper and he's like, and, it, and he comes around the edge of the seat like, whoosh. He's like, did you just eat this whole fucking block of cheese? And Steve's like, yeah. <laughs> like Stup- there's nothing. Stupid like, question. Of course I ate this entire block of cheese. Oh, man. I and then it, Barry goes on a rant. Heart. It was only eight ounces. Your Barry heart. goes on a rant for the next five minutes about how terrible that is for him. And Steve's just like, okay. 
Yeah, I believe what I believe is that there's some uh, there's some cheese envy going on from I, somebody who can't, agree. who can't have it. Anymore. Yeah, I think that's what he wants what he cannot have. Oh, I, think, I think that's man. what it is. That I is can so- eat cheese if I want. I can do whatever I want. He has to be sitting on the toilet when he does. Don't, don't bring your pills out because the last time I, I got said, my lactate. Last time I asked you if you had your pills, you're like they don't work anymore. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to have a placebo. Yeah. Just gonna fool myself. See here and here once again, I can read between the lines on this. He saw me eat that block of cheese. He goes, "God damn that pigs! God damn it!" <laughs> took, took a bunch of his no, I, I, I pills. Went, little, oh, I'll show him. Little thought. What didn't work anymore? <laughs> of arrows crossing where he changes places with pigs, and he's just like holding the cheese, and he's biting. Our very own Freaky Friday. into the chunk of cheese. Just biting into the chunk of cheese like into one of those extra large candy bars. No, I'm not jealous of that. Is that the next sticker, Steve, in a block of cheese? Sure. (laughs) I want to do one. I I posted a comment on a thread that Kay and and, uh, Major Matt were having. And uh, they were going, they were talking smack back and forth. And I was, and my comment was, excrement is being stirred so i think me in a lab coat i'm wait a what me in a excrement is being stirred yeah i heard you i <laughs> go ahead so me in a lab he simply coat. could not believe his ears <laughs> yeah. folks you can't appreciate this moment because it is very rare when todd and barry both get the same look of <laughs> on their face <laughs> Like you pretended to throw the ball and the dog is just wondering what the fuck happened. That was great. Well, the thing is when he said it, I wanted an explanation and then I realized I didn't. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'll I'll stop mid-sentence like, can you explain? (laughs) I am am jealous of you a little bit in that I'm going to be going to the Ren Fair and when they have chocolate covered cheesecake on a stick, it is the greatest fucking thing and I cannot eat that. God, I forgot that they ate that. Way Do they back have the cherry the one? The oh rain. yeah, ye old chocolate covered cheesecake. It's yeah. a very <laughs> Chicago thing, like on the lolly, lo- lo- the oh, little oh, ye the old sticks. potato tornado right. during yeah. the, Renaissance during Chicago. The I Renaissance forgot all about that. Yeah, it appeared in the old barrels outside, right next to the ale. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean the first time I ever had it like that was in Chicago, and then it's there's the there's a couple of Chicago style restaurants in town that <laughs> yeah. do that that serve the. It's uh, a brand actually, name. You don't even need the sticks, just the tail. Yeah, just dip oh. it. Fried K- Kay, what what'd you do this week? Uh, I want to hear more about. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Um, <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I watched the Mummy, the original. Uh, well, I've I've seen the original, so I wanted to see. <gasps> Did you watch the Brendan Fraser one? No, I've oh. seen. Did you watch the, the Tom Cruise one? No. No, God. Um, so which one did you watch? I watched the original one from Universal Pictures. Okay. Then why did you say no when we asked if you watched the original? Because he's a liar. Because I didn't watch the first one. Oh. I watched the sequels. Oh, uh, that one had a load of sequels. M- Mummy yeah, Two, Mummy Harder, what? Uh, <laughs> Mummy's Hand. The Curse of the Mummy, or Curse of the Mummy's Tomb, and then Shroud of the Mummy's Tomb. Mummy's so, Ghost? Mummy's Ghost. Yeah. Go, two two mummies and a daddy. I don't know. Mummy Dearest? Two mummies and a cup. Um, <laughs> but, uh... Mummy Dearest! I got you! Look at him! I fucking got you No, there's two, two mummies, one cup. You had nothing to do with that. <laughs> oh, Mummy Dearest was better. <laughs> I'm Play that, that back. I have proof. I'm taking that as a win. 
Court reporter, can you read this back? <laughs> so, um, because I always thought, I always thought Hammer introduced the idea of just the wrapped mummy walking around doing shit. Because the very first mummy, Karloff. He's wrapped in the first five minutes of the movies, and then the rest of it, he's just like a wrinkle-faced Egyptian dude. Dude in a fez. Yeah. Uh, with, you know, very, uh, with highlight lit eyes. Very spooky. But, um, the, no. Uh, Steve was like, no, universe. No, the universal ones are the first that did that, Kirsten. That doesn't sound like me at all, you rat bastard. <laughs> Change my diapers. But, um... <laughs> And, and it's true. Uh, it, it was uh, Lon Chaney Jr., no less. Good old Lon coming back. Walking with the queen. And he, uh, and he <laughs> plays the raised mummy, uh, shuffling around. It was really funny because as Steve, uh, saw, uh, you didn't watch it with me, but you saw. I watched the first two. I watched the one with Tom Tyler as the mummy okay. with the blacked out eyes. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Steve was like, I just realized that uh, that's what the Aurora model is based on. And it's true. The way that clutches its arm and all that, it's like, yeah, that's actually the, the one they used. So that was kind of cool. But it was interesting watching it because, yeah, the, uh, the first one was Tom Tyler as the mummy. And what they did for Karis, who's the mummy, uh, and if you've seen the Brendan Fraser mummy, that, that old movie, <laughs> um, it's essentially like the same story. Um, love story, tried an illegal resurrection, got buried alive. This one, it was really funny because... Now, which one is this one? Uh, oh, God, the mummy's hand, Okay, I think. Um, but he's... The mummy is going... <laughs> Steve. Steve's signaling that uh, he, he'll figure out in five minutes. No. Um, <laughs> it's really spooky looking at the mummy's face because uh, you don't see like eyes and a later red apparently to make the mummy more spooky in all that uh, wrapped and like mummified face makeup they hand painted each frame of the film and blacked out the eyes and the mouth oh wow which was wow. like whoa that that's a, that's a little bit of work there yeah, 24 frames for every second. You yeah. got to go through and hand paint that. Yeah. Which is funny because they did the, a lot of that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Back in early cinema. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, and, the early color films yeah. would be, you know, hand painted frames. Yeah, sci-fi so. films when you had a, a laser, that's like somebody taking yeah. uh, a pen and basically etching the film and then mm -hmm. coloring it in with a, yeah. a bright color. It, it's it's just amazing going through and watching how Steve, they did some of those. Mummy's hand. Mummy's hand. So, in this one, uh, the mummy is uh, um, raised up in Mapleton, I think California, or Mapleton, America. Massa Massachusetts. Oh, Ma Mapleton, Massachusetts, right? You know, Lovecraft suspiciously. Country. Yeah, really. And um, it's really funny because the story goes through its thing, uh, resurrected, uh, this is the princess, ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, but it it actually ends on a happy note, and the 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 lovers get married at the end. It's 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 actually kind of almost comically, yay! Everyone gets married, woohoo! Yay! <clears throat> the next sequel, whoops, that was different. I I think that is Curse of the Mummy's Tomb. 
Uh, no, the mummy's tomb or uh, mummy's ghost. Oh, the ghost. I'm committing to it, Jeff. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Vlog's grabbing another white girl. Barry is a glutton for punishment. He he's literally just get, got the peach one. He's going to get white girl drunk. Basic bitch drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so, this the next sequel. Going to put on my Uggs and get me a, uh, what do they call them? The pumpkin spice latte after this. <laughs> The, the they run through the same story, um, and it's the same basic thing. There's a, a hereditary high priest of Amun who raises the mummy and has him do his bidding, all in an effort to get them back to Egypt with his true love, the princess. Ba 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 ba. Princess resurrected. Da da da. And this one ends with her dying. It literally ends with the mummy carrying her away, and he goes into the swamp. And just disappears. And and the guy who fell in love with her that you thought was going to rescue her and, you know, it'd be a happy ending. He's all like, ah, you know, and they're like, come on, boy, it's all over now. And then the next sequel, uh, the mummy and his princess resurrect. And that one goes badly <laughs> for everybody. Usually but does. at least the guy and the girl survive. But that second sequel threw me because I was just like, they, because they, I was waiting. On Her Majesty's I, Secret Service. Day. You know, he's like holding yeah. her and he's getting deeper and deeper in the water. And the guy's like screaming, Isabeau, wake up, Isabeau, Isabeau. She didn't wake up. And just, blah, 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 I can appreciate blah, blah. a surprise dark ending. That was dark. I was, and funny too, because it was a typical just smash cut, the end. So, yeah. yeah, those whole all the time in the world didn't, right? didn't fool around. Somebody disappears in the swamp. The end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Steve, uh, Steve took me down the Mike Flanagan rabbit hole. Oh yes, Netflix. We watched the original Haunting, uh, the adaption of Shirley Jackson's short story. So much fun things to find in that movie. Yes, that or was actually, set of shows. That yeah. was actually interesting. Um, uh, uh, Voice over mania, though. Oh, my goodness. That puppy <laughs> was narrated to death or internal monologue like crazy. Um, and then we watched Haunting of Hill House. We're, in the, we're halfway through yeah. the, the, we, the, the miniseries. I we guess. just finished the, uh, the Bitneck Lady episode. Yeah. Okay. And wait, it, wait. What was the first one you watched? Hill House, right? The yeah. Haunting. The Haunting. The, the original oh, movie. Oh, the original, the original movie, movie, The Haunting. Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. Oh. So as we said, Flanagan, I thought you'd watch this you. miniseries. I threw you. Well, it, uh, it, it, was, it was one of those, you got to see the source material first. Sure, sure. Um, Should have read the book first. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what was cool is, like you said, all the stuff, because all the things they took from the original movie and, and folded the characters around and made them substantial was really, really cool. I mean, there are so many... I was watching it thinking, you know, in lesser hands, uh, this character would be a throwaway line, you know, pop in. I'm Theodora. Uh, here are your groceries and then disappear and that'd be it. But they actually made an effort to make every single character involved into a, a valuable character in this story. And that was really, really cool. Of course, they had room to do it because they're doing a TV series. But I really I've been really, really enjoying it. It's been it's been going very well, so I'm very impressed. Now I want to see uh, Flanagan's uh, first movie that apparently Netflix finally put out. In, Oculus? 
Uh, no. Oh, the earlier one. Oh. Uh, um, yeah. Hush? No, I'm going to... It's before that. I'm going to break or something. It's got Thomas Jane. Oh, right. Yeah. So, I'm really interested. So, we watched that. That was cool. Well, when you're all done yes. with right. the haunting of okay. Hill House. Yes. Then go on YouTube to see the... 30 minute long video of all the ghosts you didn't see in the show oh yeah 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 i i, I it, it's a where's waldo of ghosts I, that show. I breezed i breezed by it because it was just like there have been there were a couple times during that i was like wait is that a wait what is that you know so is that a dude Who's a yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's pretty cool it's very very cool i really like what they're doing so so it's it's that's good stuff um, and I also just like the whole, you know, the Mike Flanagan. Uh, I'm, by the way, I, I'm intentionally mispronouncing it, folks, because someday I'm going to meet Mike Flanagan and I'm going to embarrass myself by saying his name <laughs> totally wrong. I got the same thing with uh, with Fige, absolutely. Feige? Yeah. I'll, I'll meet him one day. And yeah. It'll <laughs> be awful. Let's see. So, so we went through that. Um, I uh, showed Steve the first Hammer Horror Mummy movie. With Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Yep. And uh, and it was amazing. I was like, wow, they are really using a lot of Universal's IP in this. Oh, because it's a Universal International release. Got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. How'd they get away with that? Yeah. So it was, it, and that was, that was fun because it's really fun with the Frankenstein movies. You're used to Cushing. He's the bad guy. So then you watch the Dracula or the Mummy, and it's like, oh wow, he can be the good guy too, and and actually kind of kind of athletic, a little athletic and action oriented. There are a couple scenes in the Mummy thing where he's like vaulting over tables and shit. And it's just like holy mackerel. Runs a spear through the Mummy. <laughs> yep. So let's see, is that it, Steve? I believe that is it on your list, and the the Mummy was on my list. Oh, and. Steve and I, I, uh, I got a hold of Lewis. He came over, uh, yeah, and we had an all-day gaming day. Ooh, okay. Major Ooh. Matt, Professor Biggs, and I, and we played Tomb of Annihilation. Oh wow! D and D board game from like three to about midnight. Wow! Oh, oh that's a session. How many yeah. games did you play? We went through nine, nine. adventures. Yeah, uh, our wow. character. We out all of, out of. Out of 14? 14. Something. All of our characters, we earned enough gold that all of our characters are leveled up to two. And uh, we have, uh, we each have like a recharge and a reroll or something. And uh, that's been fun. That's actually been, uh, been yeah, entertaining. That was, yeah. So it, 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 uh, it's really funny how we've got our, we got our whole setup. We're a well-oiled machine now. We know who goes first, and we start in the same squares, and first thing plunks down, and, oh, it's a, it's a tile-based board game. You pull the tiles. You build your dungeon. Um, it's neat because it's sort of tactical D&D, but there's no DM, so there's rules of a monster so-called, let's so-call it uh, AI, where they attack and stuff, and monsters are generated, pop up, and come after you. And uh, it's been fun. I really, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy those games. So uh, I had to talk Lewis into it because <laughs> apparently, uh, Lewis, being the uh, as we all know, Major Meh is an extremely smart individual, and in his smartness, he took the two campaign versions of D and D board game, 
uh, Mountains of Madness or or Mansion of Madness, the 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 Hallister one, Monsters of Madness. No, I don't know. Uh, uh, Madness is Us, Dungeons of Madness, Dungeons of Undermountain. <laughs> Madness is Us, and he took Tomb of Annihilation and he started campaign versions of those games with people who can only get together to play like once every eight weeks. So I was like, come over here and let's just start over and and get her done. And that was fun. So we, it, I've enjoyed that. I really like those games. Uh, someday I'll have money. I think I'll actually buy some of them. And, uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's it poor Barry folks. He's he's drinking this white claw and hating every every mouthful. It tastes like what you imagine the soaps that that are shaped like seashells in your grandma's <laughs> guest bathroom that you're not supposed to use those soaps. That's what they, this tastes wow, like. Wow, that is accurate. <laughs> Peach white claw. Here, have a swig on this. It's you also, tell me. It's also what the no, fuck thanks. is decorative soaps you're not supposed to use? Oh god, what the hell is that? Anything all about? decorative that's non-functional drives me absolutely batty. And everything in that bathroom is pastel. That's what this tastes like. It tastes pastel. <laughs> I still remember no, the first time. Drink. I was uh, about to wash my hands in a bathroom. and like, don't use those towels. Well, what yeah. am I supposed to dry my hands on? Your shirt. You're wearing yeah. pants. Yeah. Just wave them in the air till they're dry. <laughs> those are decorative <laughs> towels. They're not to be dried with your... Then throw them away. Yeah. They're, it, they're, if they're just there for looks, fuck I, it. Then these Boy. are totally useless. Yeah. Decorative pillows bother me, too. You know what really pisses me off? The decorative plate that's on the table when you sit down for fine dining. You don't put anything on it. They take it away. Yeah. They don't use it for anything. Why is it there? It's a right. marker plate. Right. Um, a it's marker horseshit. plate. It's yep. horseshit. It is horseshit. But it's, 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 it's a fine dining thing, and certain fine dining individuals expect that. So... As much yeah, as it pains me when I, because yeah. I, I deal with it on a daily basis. As much as it pains me to have that stupid plate on the table yeah. that I have to pick up and take away as soon as they sit down. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Gonna make, I'm gonna make a point to try and use that plate for something there before it gets taken away. This I, is where I'm bringing my own. Bread. You know what my theory is? What's I that? think back in ye old days, they'd put out their cigarettes on that plate before dinner. That's what it is. It's a cigarette plate. Ah, <laughs> uh, good. I'll, I'll, I'll take my candy cigarettes next time and just mush them on the. Hey, we haven't seen candy cigarettes. Hey, you know what's here worse though than the decorative pillows that you're not allowed to use on the sofas? What's that? The sofas wrapped in fucking plastic. Oh god! <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah, sit on that I sofa. Crinkle, crinkle. Why do you have it? Why do you have a sofa if you can't sit on it? Yeah. Yeah. Throw oh. it away. Yeah, a childhood friend. They uh, get some boxes they in had here. A, something. They had mm -hmm. a room in their house. That like was open and had no doors. It was just open. It was like an open air room, and it actually was kind of in a traffic area. And we were not allowed. You're not supposed to walk in that room. And it's just because you, 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 <laughs> the carpet is supposed to be undisturbed. This is oh why, yeah, it's this for why, the dead. This is why other nations hate us. <laughs> this is um, why. This is why I hate some of the people that live in this country. Wow. <laughs> strong wow. words. Well, hate's a strong word. Strong words. This is why yeah. I sneer. This is what happens when you drink peach white claw. <laughs> yeah, you right. bring up all this terrible shit. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I did. I've been reading a fascinating book. It's called MCU Reign of the Marvel Studios by Joanna Robinson, Dave Gonzalez, and Gavin Edwards. And yes, it's the history of the MCU as far, mar, far as Marvel Studios goes. Uh, kind of a uh, all warts and all, no holds barred, but made with nice. love 
book on the history. I'm only about, I'm getting close to halfway through it now. I am up through uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was just released. And it's really fascinating because it really gets into the dichotomy between uh, Fige and uh, and, and Perlmutter. And, and Perel Mooter. Uh, the uh, the banging of heads that they had. Yeah. Because there was a, in New York, a creative team, quote unquote, that was put together by the executives that anything that had to do with Marvel Studios had to be run by them. And that was still in place when Disney bought it. And at first, they really didn't know enough about Marvel Studios and movie making to really interfere with anything. But after about the third film, that's when the note started. Yeah. And that's when the banging of heads kept going on. And as a show of their force, they on purpose stayed out of the making of Guardians Guardians of the Galaxy because the creative team <laughs> knew that that movie was going to tank. And so once Guardians of the Galaxy tanked, then Marvel Studios would know how important that uh, brain trust in New York was. And, of course, that just fell apart to shit. That, that, is, that is one of the most brilliant tactical blunders of all time. <laughs> That's wonderful. So what yeah. happened to the brain trust? Uh, it stayed around for a little while and, until uh, basically uh, Iger stepped in and said, guys, you're fucking with things. Stop it. All right. We're making good movies here. They're making good decisions. You guys are messing it up. Don't mess it up. It's a good thing. So Iger really kind of stepped in and stopped it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've only heard a few of those stories, but it is ridiculous. It's like they were doing fine. Why? It's like, why do you want to stir? The pot when well, there's nothing. It's the classic, yeah. yeah, studio suit interference thing. Well, yeah. it's, you let's know, release, every. Let's release this thing that's never going to make any money. We'll leave these kids alone because that's, you know, if we get our money back, it'll be fine. Oh, it's a runaway hit. Yeah. Well, we got to do a sequel and I'm going to be personally involved this time. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it really is sad. It, it, for a lot of studio execs, it is a dick wagging context, contest. It, it's context it's, too. Well, yeah. I mean, they literally have to get involved to say, I did that. So they can brag to their friends and their peers and say, I was involved in that. I'm responsible for, you know, fill in the blank. And in many cases, they don't need to even be remotely attached to it at all. And slap the be. executive producer on there and get the fuck out. Let yeah. the people let the, the creatives go home. Because when you try to put a non-creative person into the creative process, it really fucks things up. You get the DCEU. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aw, that brings some warmth to Steve's heart. And the book's brand new. And as far as I can tell so far, based on what they've mentioned, it is the history up through She-Hulk. So I, it's got a lot more to go and a lot more of inner, inner company drama ahead. Mm. Uh, but I do love it. There's a they've been able to interview just about everybody involved. All right. And people that absolutely do not like each other, uh, but also people that have high respect for each other. So it's it's great to read this. We love the MCU. It's great. Here's how everything really got made. That was and, another fascinating thing I found is that that a lot of those New York people didn't like each other, but they would work together to what some oh, sure. would say sabotage these projects. Oh, and and the part that would just rankle your your shoulders is when it gets to the part where a Pearl Mutter 
course, Perlmutter owned a toy company yes. when he bought Marvel, and that's the reason he bought Marvel, to make more toys. And that's the reason he wanted to make the movies, because it would make more toys. Yep. But he wouldn't release toys of women or black people because he knew they wouldn't sell, according to him. You, yeah, you're saying new in in air quotes. Air quotes, yes, thing. Yeah. yeah, that's that was his opinion on that, and like everyone's like, no. that must have just really gotten under his skin when Black Panther was such a hit, and they were selling out of those toys oh, left yeah. and right. I bet you he was just stewing in his like, I've been wrong about everything, but, although probably convincing oh, yeah. himself, probably, not. probably convincing himself, like I see, I was right. But the meeting that really got the Marvel movies off the ground. The business meeting where it really, really just that was the moment where it went forward happened at Mar-a-Lago. Wow. <laughs> wow. Because Perlmutter is a big, big friend of Trump. Of yep. course yep. he is. <laughs> yep. Of course he is. So I'm amazed we haven't heard Marvel movies. I was there at the beginning. It's it, I it told really them, do these superheroes. It, They're going to be huge. It really is funny because if you haven't read like a lot of Perlmutter stories, he is a huge piece of shit. Oh, yeah. Like, he's a he's a terrible individual. And just some of the stories, you're like, how can everybody, how could anybody ever work with this guy? Well. I mean, well, it's... Um, uh, I think a lot of it is probably you have to work with him. Yeah. Well, he looks that like That showbiz, baby. <laughs> I remember <laughs> Jeff Loeb was, you know, taking the high road as far as, like, with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, and you know, he wouldn't, specifically call out Perlmutter, but he would often reference how, you know, well, you know, certain things happened and, you know, decisions were made that we didn't agree with. And so we had to kind of pretend like we were going with what we were told to do and then go, oh, we thought that's what you meant. And I just thought that was fascinating. Yeah. Boy, oh boy, Barry, doesn't he look like a nice... East Coast, New York, New Jersey douchebag uh, neighbor next door. Kinda. It just, just, <laughs> he'd be the one who would wave at you while you're in your yard, and then as soon as you go inside, he'd like hose your windows or some bullshit. Yeah. Sprinkle on shit you. on your car. The writers, oh no, there's no HOAs out. <laughs> the writers of the book seem to be just putting out the story. They don't have an agenda for it. They're just having the story. But one thing is made very clear. I know that fanboys out there stirred a lot of shit by saying, oh no, Disney's buying Marvel. It's all going to go to shit from here because Disney. Fucking Disney saved Marvel Studios from Perlmutter. If, yep. if, if, if Disney yeah. hadn't stepped in and did what they did when they did it, Perlmutter would have drove those movies into something horrible. Yep. yep. So it's a fascinating read. And you wouldn't have gotten a Black Panther movie. No. And you wouldn't have gotten a Black Widow movie. You right. wouldn't have gotten uh, Captain want- Marvel. Wonder Woman 84. It- oh, oh. <laughs> There was a runaway movie that was uh, scripted for a while that they dropped uh, early in the in the. This, if you're interested at all in the history of the film side of the Marvel Universe, and it goes a little bit into the earlier films, X-Men, Spider-Man. Does it touch on the TV stuff? Yes, it goes into all of that. It goes into the stuff for Netflix and how that happened and how that fell apart. Okay, I'm interested in this. So it covers everything having to do with that Marvel touched from the moment that Perlmutter bought it and they established a Marvel Studios. So if that's your bag... Check it out. It's great. It's called, once again, The MCU, The Rise of Marvel Studios. Yeah. Sounds good. I want to read it. Uh, It's uh, three authors. Ooh. So it's uh, Joanna Robinson, Dave Gonzalez, and Gavin Edwards. Hmm. Uh, And now 
comes the time for Clockwork Torgo. Hooray! Ah. What'd you watch? So, if you're not familiar, Clockwork Torgo, uh, every month, the shock monkeys that are part of the Kofi uh, put a bunch of nominations of movies that I haven't seen, because apparently I've missed some important things. You mean apparently? And then I've definitely missed some key moments in history. The jury is out on that, Jeff. (laughs) And the The jury's already decided. (laughs) The jury's right here. The verdict was rendered. (laughs) So from those nominations, I create a poll of three movies. The monkeys decide, and I watch that movie, and then say whether or not that it was a good thing that it was filled, or why the fuck did you do that to me? The choice this month was Terrifier. Ah, Terrifier, Art the Clown, the the, the newest cult figure in slasher cinema. Um, is ter- Terrifier is the story, I use that very loosely, oh boy. is the story of a couple of girls on Halloween night after a party and a clown decides to, a very evil clown, uh, latches on becomes obsessed with one of them and then kills everybody for the rest of the movie there is no story is it a good movie no no it is not however (laughs) is it good for a slasher movie yes yes it is in fact as far as slasher movies go one of the best i've seen in a long time the Mm. acting is terrible Nobody in this movie can act at all. Nope. And that's okay. No, because it's, it's going to be dead soon. Anyway. Because <laughs> because the one who can is the actor who plays Art the Clown. Everything hinges on that character, and that character goddamn works. The design on it. I mean, eighty percent of it is design. But the 20% of that's acting is spot on 100%. They struck gold with this actor whose name is escaping me right now. Doesn't matter. You can look it up on your own time, people. (laughs) Hold on. I'm just sad that there's like two sequels to this. Don't be. Because um, I I sat with my wife and we watched Terrifier. We started at 5 o'clock in the morning today watching that. Yeah, yeah. we, We dove in. (laughs) <laughs> pretty, pretty late. Uh, but when we were watching, it's like, okay, this is bad. But as we were watching it, we were very compelled all the way through it. And when it was done, it was like, that was bad, but I'm entertained. <laughs> and that's what's so important with the slasher movie. And is the antagonist compelling? God damn, yes, he is. Art the Clown is one of the best horror antagonists since Jigsaw. And, okay. Wow. And frankly, I can't think of one after Jigsaw in, or in between there that even comes close. There's a reason he's a cult figure and it's all in that performance. The, the kills are absolutely horrendous. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is a gore fest true and true. The director who wrote it also basically made it as a showcase for his uh, his gore talent for because he does that too yeah so and knocked it out of the park and the, the movie terrifier is i believe the fourth appearance of art the clown in some sort of film help yes there was a movie called all hallows eve prior to that which was a bunch of short horror stories one of them being art the clown and prior to that there are multiple short movies that he made involving that character terrifier is four 
as wow. far as that clown appearance goes. Is, is, and, there, is there and, any semblance of, of of like a like a universe or rules to the story of Art the Clown? I'll get to that. Oh, oh boy. Uh, with, I'm uh, in, in this movie, no. Uh, the the very first one, there isn't anything kind of goes. Uh, it kind of writes itself as it goes along, but you know, it does work. And Art the Clown makes some goddamn choices that I'm like, I never would have expected that in a slasher. And I don't want to spoil it for you. Not that it's like a massive spoiler, uh, but when he takes out a certain killing implement that I've never seen a slasher use ever before, I was like, I never would have expected that here. I'm guessing rubber <laughs> chicken. <laughs> Vibrator. I just have to point out real quick, Barry keeps drinking that stupid White Claw. His second he, White Claw. He, he Second White Claw. And he keeps making... Well, you guys remember yeah. the scene in Generations when Data drinks the thing and has the emotional response. Uh-huh. And clearly he hates it. This yeah. is but, vile. Ke- but keeps drinking more. Yeah. That is Barry right now. Well, you, you know what? you know what it is to me? He's he's like a douche bro who was forced to go down on his girlfriend. He <laughs> just keeps popping up for air, and he's like, oh, God, oh, oh, and then he goes back down again. <laughs> That's, that is the weirdest. <laughs> You're going to edit all that out, right? Nah, fuck it. Let him in. Let everyone wonder about K. <laughs> no, I'm just committing to the bit with this white claw. A bit. The bit. That's the what the bit, douche bro the says. The bit's been over. I know, but I'm thirsty, <laughs> and I drink it, and then I'm like, ah, and it just kills the brain cell that memorized that. Oh wait, I don't enjoy this, and it just keeps killing it. <laughs> That's its secret over <laughs> and over. Oh wait, I hate this. Oh, I'm thirsty. Oh wait, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is to really enjoy this shit you've got to destroy your fucking mind in the in your 20s and then you get to your 30s or 40s then you'll enjoy a white claw because before you realize it zima how terrible it is you'll drink it if you like zima colada if you like soap in your grandma's gas bedroom what i realized with terrifier <laughs> is that i liked it more six hours after i watched it <laughs> Oh, that's weird. Wow. Yeah. David and, Howard. And then, sorry? Huh? What? David Howard. David what, Howard what about what? him? Who Arthur Clown. David no. Howard Thornton. No. Oh, Thornton. Okay. Thornton's his last name. Yes. Yeah. Originally, Mike Gianelli. Uh, yeah. Mike Gianelli played him up through All Hallows' Eve, uh, quit acting, and then Howard Thornton stepped in. And it's Thornton that makes the movie. 100%. So this afternoon, my wife and I watched Terrifier 2 as a bonus. What? Wow, Clockwork Torgo bonus. Now, before we go any further, I just have to point that, that like a little little side story. I went to see Todd at his work the other day, and I called his wife. I texted his wife. I'm like, "Hey, your your boy actually works. It's it's a real thing. He doesn't just spend all his time at War Room Games." And I took a picture of him, and then so we end up like like chatting. And she said, "When he slows down in a baby voice, I need you to tell him." Here's my hunky, hubby, chunchite face. Is it you, T? <laughs> Chun- chunchine. Chunchine. You, you're not doing it justice. You want to do it? <laughs> Here's my hunky, hubby, chunchine face. I, I feel, I feel, I, love, I feel all warm and squishy. I love that she had you do that. <laughs> and I love that he did. Not only did it there, he did it there at the bar, nice and loud. 
He did it here again. I think he loves it. I think he secretly <laughs> wants that in his life. I desperately, desperately want you to accidentally text me instead of her again. I'm, I'm, I live for that day. That's the only reason I keep a phone. I'm texting Deb right now. They talk to each other like that. Anyway, horror movies. Terrifier uh, 2. <laughs> Terr also a horror movie. Terrifier 2 is a much better movie. Whoa! Oh, yes. Um, what, they get some budget. What? Yes, they got for budget. A got and for actors. Oh, I mean the acting isn't you know Coppola level, but it is still much better than the original. And they, at the end of uh, the first one, they kind of show that Art the Clown is more of a uh, supernatural figure than a human one. And they really lean that into the second one, and it really works. The crazy thing about it is that first movie is 90 minutes long, as you expect for, you know, a slasher film. Terrifier 2 is two hours and 18 minutes long. Why? Wow. <laughs> That's a lot of slasher. And you know what? There's a story there, and it's a fun one. And yes, it's a little long, but much more entertaining, and I am a fan of Terrifier 2. I'm a fan of Art the Clown. When Terrifier 3 comes out, I will probably watch it. Yeah, it'll be out October of next year. Yeah. Actually, actually de December of next year. Oh, is it December <laughs> it, now? It's a, it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> so those of you that voted for Terrifier, I didn't expect to like it. And I didn't set a low bar either. Uh, I've seen bad slashers. It beat that bar of bad slashers into a, that's a decent slasher with a really compelling antagonist. Wow. And they, and they learned lessons from one to two, and two is actually a movie. This is horrible. I'm, I'm almost like shock monkeys. Driven to watch it. Yeah. You've yeah. made such great suggestions up to this point. This one still disappoints me. Why? Do better. Hey, Why? do better. Why? Well, you know I what? Suggested it if this isn't this it. isn't Clockwork Jeff. This is Clockwork Torgo, and I approve of this. No, 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 no. This is what I'm talking about. That was a 2016 movie, correct? Yes, the first one. He has so many movies from like the <laughs> 70s and 80s he hasn't seen. Yeah, but oh, he, all he, right, he, Vernon. Of all, he of all people really should see Terrifier. No, but I'm he's the, of, the, of all of us here, the yes. most into horror. He's I'm talking hand. about quintessentially oh, important like films in cinema Abbott history. And Costello meet Frankenstein. Goodfellas. Not Terrifier. I'm talking about essential films in movie history. Watch those. <laughs> <laughs> suggest like, those. Yeah. Yeah. You suggest yes. them. Yes, like Meet the Feebles. Good choice. Good choice. Yeah. Dude, when I go, when I go into that, that poll one. and I see how, what's leading the poll, I'm like, I no, no reason to even wow. bother. Wow. Jeff, you can nominate. Yeah, you nominate. Dude, I lived with you for over 10 years and I couldn't get you to watch movies. What makes <laughs> you, you never, think that me <laughs> you never joining a, a poll? You never had a poll. <laughs> You well, didn't have the voice well, of the people behind you. I had a steel pole that the was like populated him inside the head with. Shock monkeys, time to nominate the next one. Go to it. And thank you once again for wow. not only giving me that, but in Bruges in the last one. So uh, I've, I've enjoyed myself on these I two. I mean, in Bruges you, I could you, get behind, but yeah, this, this one. Uh, all right. Terrifier's fun. Yeah. I need an action figure. <laughs> Something from the 70s or 80s next time. I actually saw like a, doc, like a thing on YouTube. I don't know if it was a documentary about 
like Terrifier. I went down a rabbit hole with that. I'm like, I don't understand Terrifier at all. So, and I saw this thing of the guy dressing up like Art the Clown. There was this horror con that you should totally go to. Um, it was in Boulder City. Was it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The the uh, monster museum there. They get uh, horror celebs there all the time to, yep. to sign. We'll go. Oh, it's great. I've been. It's fantastic. It was, it was last weekend. Oh, oh damn it. Oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, Jake, Jake Godbold had been posting pictures from it. All. Wait, he was in Boulder City? Yeah. Jake. No, that wasn't that in Boulder City. I, no, the one he was at was... Um, <laughs> or was it Boulder, Colorado? <laughs> that was Slightly different. That was Scarefest, wasn't Scarefest, it? Scarefest, yeah. 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 yeah, I think yeah. that one's... Yeah. Whole, Boulder, Colorado. <laughs> whole different place there. Oh, yeah. Professor. <laughs> I mean, you know, astronomically speaking, it's the same place. <laughs> I saw one description, and I'm not sure who it is, but I think it's somebody involved with production of Terrifier that sums up the character of Art the Clown. Evil Mr. Bean. Spot on. It's Ooh. perfect. Oh, it's awesome. You had me there. It's okay. spot. Right. That is what he is. Wow. Lexington, Hilarious. Kentucky, by the way, is where. Okay. That I, makes I, more I, sense. Where'd you get the boulder from Lexington? I don't know. <laughs> First you're I, I do off not by know. like a state or two, and then you're Jack, wow. Jake, then good news. My... Steve is thinking of you. Bad news. <laughs> He's it, thinking of you. It, it ain't much. <laughs> nice. News you don't give a shit about. Hey! Oh, oh, yeah. oh. Just got one in this one, this one this Put week. So and it's not horrible. It's just one of those more expensive things that Deb likes to bring on. Ah. The luxury brand Arc 8 has teamed up with From Software for an official collection of luxury Elden Ring streetwear inspired by the game. So, so if you're a fan of Elden Ring's sense of tarnished apocalypse, this, quote, the lands between collection is for you. Uh, prices range from $123 for a t-shirt to uh, $1,735 for a faux fur runes coat. Uh, creative director Dimitri Van Elteve said, was in charge of producing this collection after Arcade put out several Dark Souls collections with, uh, with From Software. And the designer notes that, quote, it took us over two years, countless design meetings, and over 150 designs that we ended up scrapping to arrive here, unquote. Velte and his uh, creative team dove into the game to explore its many environments and, quote, started exploring the meta to get a sense of the game's broken, destroyed aesthetic. So if that's appealing to you and you get $17, dollars $1,700, uh, just hanging around, $17 is what I'd pay, uh, check them out. At $123 for a T-shirt? Well, that's that's for the world of fashion, yeah. In true fashion world, that's how much you're going to pay. What the Wow. How much of a fan base is there for this game? So it's Elden Ring. There's a massive fan base for it. I, I was going to say there is a massive fan base, but I don't know if they have the kind of money to spend on that kind of stuff. That's a that's that's a judgment call. I don't agree with Jeff. I yeah. th I think there are so many what? Elden Ring fans out there that are in the market for an eighteen hundred dollar coat. Now, if if you make it DLC. <laughs> They'll, they'll, they'll have the money. Barry would just look for the Chinese knockoff that's like a quarter of the price. <laughs> You're damn right. <laughs> the DLC is they add rhinestones to the coat. Oh, that's, yeah. That's oh, my God. Rhinestone. Oh, speaking of rhinestones, I had a guest the other day. <laughs> 
No, 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 no. This is imp- this is important to the show. This is important to the show. Kay had to grab me in that moment. <laughs> this is important to the show. Of all the of all the things you have ever said to me in my life to start a sentence, that's up there, man. It was one of my favorites. Speaking of Ryan Stone. <laughs> I had a guest the other day I'm writing wearing a fireball shirt that was all done in rhinestones. Good the entire Lord. logo and the word fireball were in rhinestones. Hey. Wow. And I was just sitting there going, I have a friend that would love that shirt now, right now. Now, is that classy or what? <laughs> classy is the word I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. classy. Steve, you left at the total wrong time. What? Uh, yeah. I heard cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Weekend gig! Yeah. Uh, fireball. Does she also have like a bedazzled purse with fireball stuff on it? Uh, yeah, I mean, the type of guests I get, they wear interesting clothing. I'll just put it that wow. way. Uh, it kind of funny. like it, 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 it's, like it's, like a step up from like the kind of stuff that we wear, the casual wear, only like. Enhanced, if you will. I well, guess. it costs one hundred twenty-three. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's like that kind of shit. It's it's. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm betting that T-shirt right there cost probably two hundred dollars. <laughs> if I had to speculate, we yeah. well, we we gotta bedazzle. <laughs> that's at c- least one Geek Shock shirt. We will bedazzle a can of White Claw and sell it to you for three hundred ninety-nine dollars. There you go. So you're saying uh, Hot Topic Private Reserve? Something, something <laughs> like. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, Jesus Christ is the episode title, but I think we just heard the real episode title. <laughs> rhinestone Fireball? No. Like hot. a Rhinestone Fireball. Hot Topic Private Reserve. <laughs> <laughs> See, now I got to write that song. See, like a yeah. Rhinestone Fireball. Now I'm trying to think of what a Damn. Fireball flavored block of cheese would be. See, mm. now I, now Very cinnamony. Now I know what Jeff's clientele is for his his restaurant. It's the people oh, no, who have the it's just the some. people who have the who farted shirt, but the fart is written in emeralds. Yeah. <laughs> well, brown diamonds. Well, you know, like some oh, some fine dining restaurants. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's actually champagne. They call it champagne. <laughs> no, you know how brown diamonds. You know how some kind of fine dining restaurants have people that have fuck you money. Yeah. I have clients that have what the fuck money. <laughs> there you go. No, no, they have. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck you money they have fuck you t-shirts that's yeah. the difference if i could no get it's a, a what bit, the fuck t-shirt if i could get a bedazzled banana costume in like all topaz <laughs> and wear it to his restaurant there you go i would get on it shock monkeys okay. i want to see barry in a Kofi bedazzled scully? banana yes. costume scully. <laughs> put aside the war hammer you've got a real project now you got to bedazzle a banana costume and we're going to jeff and you know what's going to be funny is you know what's the most expensive thing it's not going to be the costume it's going to be the dinner at the place you were yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he needs a tidy bowl t-shirt and sapphire. And you could you could cut the berry in the bedazzled banana shirt. With bedazzled crocs. With 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 Jeff standing over him holding the bill and Barry thumbs through some cash in his wallet and then you smash cut to Barry walking out of the restaurant in his underwear. <laughs> <laughs> I have to sell it. There you go. 
The long-stagnant Highlander reboot starring Henry Cavill is officially moving forward with John Wick director Chad Stalski at the helm. It was first reported back in 2021 that Cavill was in talks to star with Stalski-directed Highlander reboot as the eponymous Scottish swordsman. But the uh, trail went cold just as recently when Stalski teased the project and franchise potential. Now, we have our most concrete update yet with Deadline reporting that Lionsgate is bringing the project to the American film market. The reboot is based on the 1986 original that stars Christopher Lambert, Connery, and Clancy Brown as three immortal warriors competing against each other through time in an effort to grow even more powerful. It birthed the franchise that today includes five movies and three TV series. Stalski served as director for all four John Wick movies and is also signed on to helm the upcoming Ghosts of Sushi. Tsushima movie adaptation. The scre- uh, screenplay draft already exists for the Highlander reboot, and that's written by Michael Finch, who worked assol- as alongside Stalski on John Wick 4, and also wrote scripts for the 2018 action thriller Blo- uh, Blood Brother, and the 2017 action drama American Assassin, and the 2016 action movie Interrogation. The Highlander reboot filmmakers are aiming for a 2024 start date. What were the three TV series? Highlander, Highlander, the Raven. Um, <clears throat> Highlander, get higher. Highlander, Endgame, Highlander, the Source. You're, you, no, Endgame you're, you're, is uh... the Source is the third film, and Endgame was the fourth film. And there's even a fifth film, but it's okay. Highlander, the Raven was a spinoff series. Kinda not fucking canon. terrible. Uh, the Mythos Chronicles, maybe as an animated <laughs> Flash web series that doesn't count. Highlander Endgame was a film. There was, a, I think, there was, was a, a Highlander movie. I think there was a Highlander animated for a little, yeah. a bit. I, 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 I vaguely remember something Highlander like that. Highlander animated. Yeah, a the movie that revolves around immortals decapitating no, an, each other. It was an it was an it, uh, like a like a Saturday morning cartoon. Saturday series. morning cartoon. Yeah, my dude. That they, revolves around. That's not right. Immortable. Uh, they had a Toxic Avenger cartoon. They had so a RoboCop the cartoon. They they neuter the hell out of those things. Yeah, they, RoboCop they, didn't it, shoot that. They dude take the all the violence They're out of it. They're immortal. Neutering doesn't have any effect. Uh, did you, did you not yeah, see they're the, they're sterile anyway. They you cannot not see have children. The, uh, the the recent casting news and what's that? The Ramirez uh, is going to be uh, Daniel Craig, and the Kurgan is going to be Rain Wilson. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> you just got Commander Cade. You just got Cade. But I didn't, though. You're more subtle about it. <laughs> yeah, Steve can't oh, Steve can't get it out God, without the like smile the, on his that's face. That's like the most nicest thing you've said about me. <laughs> yeah, he did have that shitty... He cannot He cannot hide the shit-eating grin when yeah. he's trying to pull shit on you. You had me till Rain Wilson. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, you know, the other Lex Luthor voice actor. You know, oh my. For, for all its faults, I really... I really do like that first Highlander. Oh, film. the first one's tons of fun. What? I mean, yes. what do you mean all its faults? That's that's it's, part of it. With the French Scotman, yes. Scotsman and the Scots Spanish. Well, in yeah. the fact that he <laughs> had a Spaniard who's actually Egyptian but spent some time yeah. in Japan. Yeah. It Lambert didn't speak English at all when he started that film, so you know that was be funny. Wan. But uh, I really do like Clancy Brown in that, and oh, of yeah. course the Queen soundtrack. Jesus, and what a classic case yeah. of the supporting characters 
And we're not just talking about actors. We're talking yeah. about as written, yeah. supporting characters. Yeah. So much more interesting <laughs> than the main character. I mean... Yeah, the brief we, time we, you we, see him with his wife, you yeah, know. We joke around about Ramirez, you know, being the Spaniard, Scotman's, but right. actually, in the context of an immortal, that actually could be one hell of a story. Yeah. And then Clancy Brown, the Kurgan, that was just some badass 80s fantasy stuff. Well, he kept thinking he was going to get fired, so he's like, might as well have fun with it. Yeah. So, and it shows in the performance. Mm -hmm. And but like I said, that that Queen soundtrack too just ties oh, everything together right from the beginning. As you're zooming in on the fucking wrestling, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then fun Christopher Lambert fact: he has profound myopia and cannot see without his yes. glasses. He cannot wear contact lenses and often has to perform while virtually blind. Yep, which has led to injuries while performing his own stunts. A fun fact, <laughs> he's a friend of mine he's nearly uh, blinded his website. He's nearly blind. He does his own stunts. That's balls. Yeah. Yeah. When, uh, oh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of great well, parts to that film. It, 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 uh, Todd. Yeah. Uh, he's blind. Maybe he didn't know he was doing stunts. <laughs> <laughs> it would. Chris, it, run from there to there. It, okay. it does. It does make sense with the, like how squinty he is when he's holding the sword and he's starting to do the sword fighting. Yeah. Is that the wall? Don't worry about it. Go. Go. Run from there to there. It's, it's a rubber sword, Chris. It's not going to hurt anybody. Yeah, nobody's going to, yeah. Sean Connery. Ah, oh, fuck. What, what the hell, man? I don't understand this script. Okay. <laughs> I don't know anything I'm doing. You know what? I'm retired. Gandalf the Grey sounds like a piece of shit, Trebek. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Flanagan. Well, what is with Mike Flanagan? We've heard about Mike Flanagan for the last three, four episodes. He, That's uh, the professor's fault. It's, he, uh, it's Halloween season. Dude. This is the last. And the fall of the House of Usher just dropped. Of course we're going to be talking about Mike Flanagan. Is he, uh, is he uh, related to Tommy Flanagan? Yeah, it could be. Uh, yeah. Yeah. With his wife, Morgan Fairchild. <laughs> he did fall of the House of Usher. Of course, Dr. Sleep. Also, it's good stuff. He is currently developing an adaptation of Stephen King's The Life of Chuck. And some cast members have been announced. Tom Hiddleston and Mark Hamill were already previously cast in the movie. They will be joined by Chuedel, Isaiah Four, Karen Gillian, and Jacob Tremblay. Gillian. That's why I said. The movie is based on the short story from Stephen King's 2020 anthology, If It Bleeds. Uh, the quote, the life of Chuck is three separate stories linked to tell the biography of Charles Krantz in reverse, beginning with his death from a brain tumor at 39 and ending with his childhood in a supposedly haunted house, unquote. According to the production, the production will draw tonally from Stand By Me, The Shawshank Redemption and The Green Mile. The movie is currently in production in Alabama under an interim agreement earlier this month. So, yeah. Carl Lumley is also in that most of the uh, a lot of the Flanagan uh, company of actors is in that right that's why i figure is going to fill out the rest of the cast <laughs> yeah i like dr sleep a lot i thought that uh, was a good adaptation that when i was doing my mike flanagan uh, rabbit hole six months ago i was like this is really I, good i liked the balance between <laughs> being you know honoring the source material but also blending in enough of the kubrick stuff that you yeah. basically pleased both fan bases. Yeah. Because I know somebody told me recently they hate the, the Kubrick one. Did you tell me I, you don't yeah, like I'm the... I'm not a fan. I love the Kubrick film for what it is. I am painfully aware it is 
Stephen King's least favorite of his adaptations. Oh, it, it's not even that. But and then also with you know the controversy that we now know so much of the horrors of making that film and what he did to the cast that you yeah. know it it does make it difficult uh, to get behind you know yeah. promoting that film anymore. But I do love the film for what it is. Jeff's killing Steve. But oh yeah, I see yeah. on his face. <laughs> I like I like Kubrick. No, I like Kubrick. A ton stuff, of people so. love love The Shining. Yeah. My problem is Jack Nicholson. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was probably a poor casting choice. I mean, it's it. I mean, you you knew from the beginning he was going to go sense. nuts. Yeah. Yeah. But he he starts off looking like he's going to kill his family with an axe. Because so. frankly, and I will say this about Doctor Sleep: the actors that he cat that he cast as Jack Torrance and Wendy, mm-hmm. nicely done. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, frankly, anything you cast Jack Nichols in, and you know he's going to go fucking nuts at some point during yeah. that. You know, just it's he can't play the well. I I can't say he no, can't. He, he rarely plays right. the you know calm. I mean, you look at uh, Chinatown. He actually well, is a pretty muted character throughout. Um, yeah, yeah, throughout that one. Schmidt. Yeah, Schmidt. Very, very controlled, very underplayed. And by the look on all your faces, it's understandable why he doesn't get more of those roles. No, yeah. I saw it. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, love I wasn't movie. looking at you, Steve. Oh, yes. <laughs> I know we can't really do Clockwork Steve. It's Chinatown's just, another one of my favorites. That's a, that's a yeah, short Chinatown's list. awesome. Let's do some red light, green light. Red light, green light. Green light. Such a fun game to play. Yeah. Doesn't matter gonna make this shit anyway yay okay. Woohoo! all right i call this meeting of done right productions to order it's almost the halloween time but we got some stuff that's creepy but not so creepy because who knows when we're gonna get this in the production but we got the green light one of these suckers so i have four more pitches here and each one of you gets one green light vote all right and one or more of these may be fake so what you are Voting on on this meeting is Gargoyles, Building a Better Us, Gattaca, and the Talamasca. Are you excited yet? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) We'll start with uh, Gargoyles. Disney Studios is moving forward on a live action adaptation of the hit 90s animated series Gargoyles. Deb is screaming right now somewhere. Deb is screaming. The project is being produced by James Wan. The script is being written by Gary Doberman. Doberman will write, executive produce, and be the showrunner of the series. The series centers on a group of nocturnal creatures known as gargoyles who turn to stone during the day and come alive at night. These gargoyles once protected a medieval Scottish castle, but after a betrayal, they were cursed to remain in stone until the castle rose above the clouds. A thousand years later, wealthy businessman David Xanatos transformed Transports the castle to the top of his New York City skyscraper, awakening the gargoyles. Now in a modern world, the gargoyles led by Goliath must navigate the complexities of contemporary society while facing various adversaries, both human and supernatural, and dealing with the traumas of their past. How do you feel about a live-action adaptation of the animated series Gargoyles? I... If it's done well. Yeah, that's really what it comes down to. I never watched. Let's pretend we'll do it well. All right. Okay. In that case, 
Thumbs up. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't get original. behind it. I didn't like the premise. I thought the premise was goofy. Now, Deb loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. And I wish she were here to tell you her opinion, because I guarantee you she's going to green light this already. I think I was slightly too old to get into it, because right. I, I, I watched Same. a couple episodes and just I was just kind of meh on it. But I do know a lot of people that just absolutely love it. And, you know, more power to them. I think the story premise is sound. I think it could be done as a live action film mm-hmm. incredibly well. You know, it's like, assuming the script is solid and, you know, how you're going to do the the costuming or whether you're going to do it like an all digital or if you're going to do, you know, practical. I would love to see it done practically because yeah. I think you could do some amazing costumes uh, and and makeup effects practically. Yeah for those characters i and certainly I, again i go back to the show evil they do practical demons in that and so that's practical demons on a tv budget and they're actually really pretty good so i i'm all for practical yeah i mean practical doesn't I mean, course, have to be super yeah. expensive i mean shoot you know Get ready to have a drink, everyone. In film school, oh, I had a buddy. Oh, drink. All right. I had a buddy that um, with $20 worth of makeup could do some fucking oh, yeah. amazing stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I know a few girls like that. Like he did, um, like I'm, I'm trying to remember what it was the project, but uh, one of our actors had to have a cut throat. Mm-hmm. And he did the latex on there and he textured it and did the makeup on it so it looked realistic. And put little bits in the blood in there so that when you touch it, it would like ooze out like an actual wound would. I wish it had come out better on film, but in person, it looked realistic. <laughs> we we didn't use the best film on that, and that's that's on the director. That's not on him. Right. But yeah, I mean, you can do some amazing stuff practically. All right, we're gonna hire that guy if he right? can get this done for twenty bucks. Yeah, Alan, if you're out there, you're hired. <laughs> you're hired. <laughs> What are Done. they going to do with this script, though? It's just... Uh... Okay, so Gargoyles come to life. Then what? <laughs> there's a whole backstory. Yeah, there's a I whole mean, backstory. I don't know that much about the animated show, but I do know that there's a whole yeah. lore to it. Yeah, there. Yeah, the, that's the one thing I've heard about it, because I know nothing about it, but it is a rather lore-heavy... I was actually kind of surprised when I heard little bits and pieces, so... Huh. The... We'll have to dial a friend and get Deb to get her opinion on this. Her opinion is she wants it made. Immediately, she would just stop you right now and say, just green like that and be done. Let's see how it fares against Building a Better Us. Producer Steve Levitan is developing Building a Better Us for ABC. Christopher Lloyd, not that one, the producer of Modern Family, has been hired on as showrunner and head writer. In a suburban town of Wisconsin, a unique family is living an extraordinary life. At the center of this family is Bride of Frankenstein's monster, Ava, played by Mary Louise Parker from Weeds, a woman determined to make the most of her third marriage. With her new husband, a plastic surgeon, her four children from a previous marriage, and her estranged ex-husband, her life is far from ordinary. Her father, Victor, who created the original Frankenstein's monster, lives in the family's basement. Despite all the chaos, the bride of Frankenstein's monster is determined to make her family work and forge a path forward for her and her loved ones. That sounds so much like the monsters. I know. Kind of does, doesn't it? <laughs> so what do you think of building a better us? 
That's so crazy, it just might work. Yeah, anytime there's more Mary Louise Parker on screen, I'm all for it. Yeah, I can, I can watch that. <laughs> I, can I can see her in the makeup. It. Yeah. 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 I can get behind well, it. Well, yeah, are if, they going full, like, yeah. hair up? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the, what I'm getting from this anyway. The, yeah. the well, is it a universal gray striped bouffant? <laughs> it's ABC. They no, that's Disney. So I that's, don't know. Yeah, oh. that's Disney slash 20th century. No. Oh, then they probably have to make some changes. Well, what was yeah. the what was the the fairy tale show that they did on ABC? Once upon a time. Yeah. So I mean, pork. But again, I could they, see them doing this because yeah. it's similar enough. Yeah, it's Snow White. You don't want any of that kit of them all. Kid <laughs> sniffing she at the like seltzer. A thumb. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know what to fucking tell you. She looked like a thumb. <laughs> Meanwhile, here comes the evil queen looking all hot. What's yeah. her name? Uh, well, <laughs> Lana Perea was the actress. <laughs> That's what I meant. Yeah. No more seltzer for you, Barry. <laughs> like a thumb. I just seen the who's the fairest in the world. Not and, you, bitch. The, there's just a thumb in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's me. I think. All right. uh, so that was building a better us. Uh, next up, Gattaca. The 1997 film Gattaca is getting a sequel series by Homeland creators and producers Howard Gar Gordon and Alex Ganza. The original film is set in the future where genetic engineering has become the norm and people's potential is determined by their DNA. It follows uh, the story follows Vincent, a genetically inferior invalid who dreams of <laughs> traveling in space, but is relegated to menial jobs due to his genetic makeup. It's it's got a friggin' stick in it. <laughs> it's got a hyphen. Invalid. That's what it says. To achieve his goals. Oh, is that a that's it, a that's it, a, yeah. a world term? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not not invalid. He he actually did not mispronounce it this time. <laughs> and he threw himself into it. It was yeah. so <laughs> to achieve his goals. Vincent assumes the identity of a genetically superior valid named Jerome, who becomes ah, his accomplice. Uh, Vincent eventually lands a job at the Gattaca Aerospace Corporation, but his cover is jeopardized when the mission director is murdered and the investigators collect genetic evidence from the scene. The new series will take place in a generation after the events of the film. Quote, when science and humanity have evolved to the point where we can direct our own evolution. Genetic engineering has created a world in which parents can determine the future of their children before they are born. The Valids, which by default has created a new underclass, no longer determined by social status or color of one's skin. The series is being written by Gordon Ganza and Craig Borton and will the will and the will also I Boy, who wrote that? We'll also executive produce the series alongside Glenn Geller, as well as Danny DeVito, who produced the 1997 movie. Did he really? Huh. Yep. So, Gattaca, the sequel series. What'd you think? I like the movie. So, if Would you wanted, like more of that movie? Maybe. So, <laughs> what the... What does it say? It's made easy? What What, what was it? The, the People can do it at home, or... it honestly what? sounds like the story building is secondary and the primary is it's a whodunit well that was a movie yeah 
What was the the line in there? It's like now genetic engineering is made easy. People are doing it. That's what I think. So what? People have like a I just CRISPR at home, dude. Easy bake oven. You know. I was gonna say people have been doing it on their own for (laughs) thousands of years. Sisters are doing it for themselves. Just just poorly what i'm what i was getting at though is it sounds like that formula nowadays where they do a procedural and then just slap the uh gattaca yeah but it's a procedural yes exactly yeah yeah he's a valid he's an invalid that's what it sounds like to me (laughs) gattaca svu yeah Yeah, exactly so that's what it sounds like to me yeah exactly exactly that's what it sounds like to me gattaca explored a theme of genetic engineering you know in one class versus the other and it was neat as a movie but i don't really see a sequel in it yeah let alone a series barry doesn't really get into class struggle yeah He's got too much struggle going on inside him as it is. Because he's classless. Ah! Oh! And hence the rhinestone <laughs> shirt. I, I can't bring myself and the white to lift claw. my pinky while I drink this peach white claw. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, the Telemasca AMC has announced a third series set in the Anne Rice Immortal Universe, set in the world of the Telemasca. The two series that are currently running include Interview with the Vampire and Mayfair Witches. The Telemasca, which is a, quote, secretive organization featured in a number of Rice's iconic novels devoted to studying the supernatural world and keeping mortals safe from its darkest elements, unquote. No other real details on the story. Talamasca was introduced in Mayfair Witches through the character Cyprin Grieve. Uh, John Lee Hancock, who did The Blind Side, is set to serve as writer and showrunner of the series. How do you feel about putting some Talamasca behind those vampires and witches? Well, I've only seen the first season of Interview with a Vampire. It's very well done. If the, a lot of that aesthetic is... Going forward in this, it could work. I mean, I haven't seen Mayf- Mayfair Witches yet, so. How about the rest of us? I never got into the mythos. <clears throat> I liked the movie when I saw it. Yeah. But I, I didn't watch the new yeah, series. No. And, mm-hmm. and Rice didn't, an, yeah. didn't stir my jam. Yeah. She did. Oh, boy. <laughs> when I, uh, I, I, like that. I loved, I loved Interview with a Vampire when that book came out. Great book. Yeah. Oh, the book. Okay. And then um Vampire Lestat? Nope. Didn't didn't do any of the books beyond that. And then The Witching Hour? Yes. Came out. And I was like, oh, I'll give this one a shot. You know? Oh boy. It's a snoozer. Oh God. It's it's Anne Rice with diarrhea, the type of the word processor. It is like, oh my God, you have told that, that you you're you're doing Rashomon poorly. <laughs> Because she tells the same events from several different points of view, and they're all freaking boring as hell. Yeah, she wheels up times it. Yeah, yeah. It's terrible. And, you know, when we were talking about the Mayfair Witches, I was like, well, maybe somebody else can get in there with a with a blue pencil and go, yeah, we've already done this. Yep, we've already done this. <laughs> if we're going to do Rashomon, we're going to Rashomon something that's interesting. So... Yeah. And there you have it. Gargoyles, the uh, live-action version of the animated series, Building a Better Us, the Frankenstein family sitcom, uh, Gattaca Part 2, and uh, the Talamasca, the uh, humans protecting the world from vampires and witches of Anne Rice's world. Where do you want to lay your green lights, uh, Steve? Um, I'm not really enthused about any of them, but... Um I, I don't know. I think uh, I'll, I'll just say uh, Gargoyles. 
That that sounds like it'd be the funnest of of all three of them. All right. I mean, I mean, Mary Louise Parker. And <laughs> that would be fun too. But. Vlog, stop him. What would you like? <laughs> the, the Mary Louise Parker Frankenstein one, and in I, I'm going to go out on a limb and proxy vote for Deb, who is not here. She's. She would definitely vote for Gargoyle. We'll go ahead and throw that on. There. Yeah, she would yeah. put her fingers in her ears afterward because nothing yeah. else would matter. Yep. <laughs> Jeff. Nothing really matters. Jeff says nothing uh, really matters. Kay? No. Nope. <laughs> oh, go, go ahead, Jeff. What you got? Uh, I, I, I'd say Gargoyles is the only one that sounds remotely interesting. Command the K. Bride of Frankenstein. I mean, wow. Gargoyles has got lore. <clears throat> and there's there's something to tap there, I think. So, but a better us, I don't. That's the one I would watch. So I think the money would be in Gargoyles. The other two, Gattaca, Gattaca. So you know, I mean, you. Uh, we need something good to talk about class struggle, and and especially nowadays where you know we're getting so oligarchic. But uh, yeah, I'm not like. I'm not like, this is it. This will do it. And then, you know, the other thing you mentioned. The Talamasca? <laughs> oh, ta Anne Rice. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I just, I've, I've never, well, she's got a following too, but no, I just, yeah. She does have a following, that is for sure. So, you know, let's, uh, let's go with the Bride of Frankenstein. All right. Frankenstein. <laughs> That puts a gar it would have been a tie, but Deb's vote puts it over the top. Oh, Gargoyle yeah. <laughs> is what uh, we're going with. Uh, would you like to guess as to which of these or any of them being fake? Yes. Steve. Um, I think Gattaca is probably fake. All right. Maybe. Vlog. I think the one I voted for is fake. Frankenstein. Jeff. I also think building a better us is fake. Uh, mostly just because Disney's been working on getting a live action version of Gargoyles for like a decade yeah. now. Yeah. And whether this pitch is directly related or not, or if this is a separate one, I don't know. But the other two sound like just dumb enough for networks to pick it up. So and I'm pretty sure, I mean, Telemasca could be fake. Right. I... I but on the other hand, I just, AMC yeah. could be looking to expand. I just feel like, yeah, building a better us is mm -hmm. is the fake one. Okay. You know what? That'd be really clever. Has, has any of the monkeys submitted a fake one that's in parallel to something that's happening, <laughs> but their fake with the pedigree and the stars and everything is all bullshit? That would be a very uh, interesting that would be, fake out. That would be brilliant. Uh, having said that, I think Bride uh, better us. Yeah. Uh oh, here we go. Although we just gave him ideas now. Yeah. <laughs> the fake one this week was sent to us by the pitch man extraordinaire Patrick Sparrow. Mm. And it is building a better us. <laughs> you guys called it out this time. You know, I. I would actually like to see him attempt it. I, I think well, that would. Yeah, that. I, I think it would sound. That's another reason why I voted for it. Because when when you're good. when you're like, oh, you know what? That would be kind of cool. It probably it's because one of our people came up. With well, it. and especially since we started, it's like a callback. We started this episode talking about horror comedy, and you know, this could be a horror comedy. Yeah. Uh, Torgo skillfully steered the whole episode to yeah. uh, this moment. 
Yes. <laughs> I did. I did. It's so sad. Skillfully? I'm wholly uninterested in all the other ones that are actually being made. Yes. Gargoyles, Gattaca, and the Talamasca are all in some form of development. Thank you, Pat, for sending us another great one. Yeah. I was really impressed by that one. And... Uh, I think I'm the one that saddled it to ABC. Now thinking about it, I needed to put it to NBC. <laughs> no, AB, a, I think it would work on a, ABC. I don't think it work, would yeah, work on NBC. Universal dry. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're but right. When you said that, that was, I, I said Steve. Oops. <laughs> Steve would have been like, well, ABC is universal, so. That, I didn't even know the difference. That didn't make any difference to me. I, it was good, so you know they weren't going to make it. <laughs> Gargoyles could be good. And if you want to send us a pitch, write to us. Comments at GeekShockPodcast.com. Put pitches, bitches in the subject heading so I can find it easily. And I want to thank our Kofi Tier 1 members, Sir Chomps, Hylian Scoop, Chad Wilson, Ambivalent Hoax, Richard Bruin, Scoopatron, Mandy, Sour Matty D, Jacob Flora, Multiverse Tonight, Scully, Mr. Dumble Dave, Froyog Soft Surf, Gil, Matthew Bates, A. John B., Diggs McSmigs, Eraserhead, King Vald, Elizabeth W., and Mr. Sticky Pants. Diggs, I'll see you this weekend, buddy. And, uh, of course, our Tier 4 members, Deb T., David Farrar, J.R. Kunkel, and our Tier 5 members, Jeff Harris, Ozzy Matt, Mad Martron, Glumley, and Atomic Gumby. And, of course, you, dear listener, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us again this week. And our theme song creator is Sam Heffernan. That song's called The Burning Light. You can find it everywhere. Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitch, and our red light, green light theme is writer Justin Nozyek, a.k.a. Froyog Soft Serve. You can find his music at theplaguephysicians.bandcamp.com. Check out The Plague Physicians. It's pretty damned awesome. And once again, you, our beautiful, beautiful listener. And if you are a Kofi member, stay tuned for some Aftershock. That's the show we do after the show about all sorts of weird bullshit. And all your thanks, you forgot to mention White Claw Hard Seltzer. Yeah, I thank you for fucking nothing. <laughs> Almost literally, fucking nothing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Although I do thank them more than I do Fireball. And until oh, next gross. week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Wow. Vlog. <laughs> With <laughs> Professor Vick. And we'll talk to you next week in Geeks. This Thank shit you for is Aftershock. truly vile. I mean, it's just awful. And you've had two of them. Uh, yeah, well, I have to make sure. <laughs> yeah, it's vile. Hey, it's terrible. Uh, God bless uh, to uh, Richard Roundtree. Yeah. And um, Laura Parker. Laura Parker. Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry, Geek Connection. Yep. Uh, I believe... Uh, if my source, Duncan, <clears throat> is correct, or if I, no, he's correct. Of course he's correct. If I heard him right, first fallout, when you wake up in the hospital because you'd been beaten up by somebody and you're going to want to get revenge, that somebody was voiced by Matthew Perry. No. Hmm. Hmm. So, um, and, and yeah, that's just a, a, that was a shocking, shocking and tragic thing. But Of course it was. I, uh... But overall, I, it's it's actually I've watched more horror <laughs> this season than I have hey, in years. Phenomenal. It's all Steve's fault. <laughs> so are you are you doing something tomorrow? I'm not actually doing, but you've got your costume all together. So is there an MFB Do thing? I? Uh -oh. There is an MFB thing. Um, I haven't been to storage yet. Oh, that means Millennium Fandom Bar for yeah. people who yeah. don't know. Yes, but you you've done your beard. The beard looks good, by the yeah, way. Yeah, the, the hair good. The haircut looks good. This yeah. sounds like all like aftershock stuff to me. Yep. 
Well, I, I, I wanted to say, Todd, I love how you go, stay tuned for Aftershock, like this is back-to-back or connected <laughs> in some way. The Kofi members know where to find it. And if you're a Kofi member and don't know where to find it, message us. On the, <laughs> yeah, the, Kofi, the Kofi members know, Kirsten. Mindy, the Mindy, Kofi members Mindy, know. People who should know. Mindy Scoop, we got you. We'll yeah. be in touch with you real soon. Yeah, yeah. but the only follow-after is our recording. They, they drop on different days. They're on different systems. It's, I am a busy dude. <laughs> I'm not criticizing. I'm staying. Oh, this is what it's like with these guys, folks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Barry's just got his white claw buzz going. He don't care. I'm a buzz. <laughs> He's got Look, his, I'm still thirsty. He's got his white claw migraine going. <laughs> I know it'll help that thirst, Barry. More white claw. More white claw. I, I, we're out. I oh. only brought six. Well, Quick, then, then fuck but your before thirst. Before we start recording, Steve and I are going to run out and buy some bottles of seltzer water and some uh, fruit flavor. Oh, no, there's no. more, by the way. Uh, no, we don't have to. Stay tuned in the co- uh, oh, in the aftershock. Okay. So they bought like a bunch of champagne to drink on the bus, and they bought one cheap bottle that they were gonna spray for the for the pictures and whatnot. They accidentally <laughs> used one of the regular bottles, which are good bottles. <laughs> and so, who's stuck with a bottle of Cooks? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the story. Of what you know what, Barry? <laughs> <laughs> Cook with it, you know. Use it in a boil no, he, for seafood or something. No, no, in the name, Barry. Party yeah. bus on the way back. No, I know, but I'm telling him what to do with it. Don't drink it. Just use it as. I'm not drinking fucking cooks. No, letting, no. You save it for episode 800 when we're gonna spray each other with, with champagne. With champagne. With champagne. With champagne. With champagne. Let's be clear. <laughs> that could go bad real quick. <laughs>